I had to shake him on my last case, Big O don't play. Welcome back to another episode of the Musky Hunks Podcast. I'm one of your four hosts this evening, Ryan Reed. We've got a couple other hunks on the line, and we have yet another special guest. The boss. Tom had us go through two uh, rubber guests in a row, so now I'm making them sit through two trolling yeah. Yep. Let's go. That's what everybody wants. Fired give up. the people what they want. Troll. Exactly. Exactly. We're going to get into this thing. So who do we have on the call tonight? We have Mr. Donnie Swink. Swinky. Good evening, boys. Good evening, sir. How's life at the Swink household? It's good. Uh, this has been a rough week. Work's rough. Wife's getting over COVID, but everybody's still living. So You We're haven't right. caught it? I have not. Jeez. Um, Never? And, no, I have. I had it once. Oh. I had it last summer, but this round, this is my wife's first time having it, and oh. I've managed to skate it, kind of trying to keep my distance a little bit. She's been wearing a mask if she's coughing and stuff like that. But Did you call uh, Tom in to set up a Dexter room for him? Yeah, I was going to no. say, Plastic well, Mike Nabulsi said my respirator works for COVID, so you can borrow it. We didn't take it that far. But, uh. Uh, <laughs> COVID-free since the start of 2023. Yep, still holding strong. All right, we also have on the phone tonight Mr. Nick Fiesler. Good evening, glad to be here. Excited about Thanks, the guest. Sir. We'll get to Good. it. Don't get too excited, he says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, man. I uh. Larissa's doing okay. Baby's okay. Oh, yeah. Everybody's good. All right. Good. Good. We also have on the phone tonight, Mr. Tommy Two Crocs, Tom Venata. Hello. 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 Hi. And it is the resident ex- uh, trolling expert of the podcast. I'd like to welcome <laughs> uh, our guest tonight. <laughs> you want to go ahead and do it? No, 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 no. That's Ryan. All right. Uh, so I just, wanted, I just wanted to welcome him as, you know, the resident expert. And- okay. All right. Paul, we'll get into some of that. Because yeah. Tom, you know, you only got to catch like two or three fish on one reservoir. Well, all of 14, a sudden... 14 in two days, Paul, but numbers are numbers. All right, all right. All right. So Here we on go. our guest for the evening, this is a this is a gentleman that's been doing this, I, I can safely say, for a very long time. Not only musky fishing, but building musky lures. This is probably one of the more well-known musky lures on the market. And this is, I would consider this being a staple in the industry, you know, as far as baits go. And I think for the most part, everybody knows when you get into musky fishing, you know, you just, you're just going to automatically find out about this guy. And this guy is the one and only the boss, the boss himself, Paul Fristerio. Woo! What's (laughs) up, buddy? What's happening? Dude, good to have you on. Wow, yeah, finally. Thanks for joining us, Paul. I uh we we talked at Musky Max and Paul came up to me and he's like, how, like I don't even know how many episodes we were in. Paul's like 54 episodes and we haven't had Boss Chat on yet. <laughs> I was all fired up. I was like, dude, like 
this is awesome. This is a, this is what we want. We want to have somebody that wants to come on and talk musky fishing with us. We're yeah. glad we're worthy now. You're worthy. Uh, are you guys, are you still doing the other one, Ryan? Like the like the YouTube stuff. Yeah, the fishing was in PA with Ryan Reed. Yeah, I haven't done many videos at all. He's infamous. He's infamous. Yeah, but I've, every once in a while I still do some stuff. But I spend all my time on this podcast now. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it keeps fun. them off the street. Paul was on the video cast back in early COVID days. That was the that was to date. I think the most popular video cast I did. That was that was fun. Yeah, that one was that great. That was a good one. I think a lot of people really enjoyed having you on and Kevin and just getting to see people. And, you know, we didn't do many of those, but that was really cool. Well, we had, we had the famous Goldberg on there, too. Or no, we didn't. We talked about it, though. No, we had we had Kevin on there. Did we have Kevin on there? Oh, we had Kevin on there, yeah. Oh, yeah. I watched it yeah. a couple times. Was I was nervous. <laughs> Why? Why? I don't know. You guys are like the, the cream of the crop, man. I don't know. I get nervous. Ryan was like worried the, his head was going to explode with all the information. Too yeah. much info. Yeah. It's good stuff. Never enough info. That's right. So yeah. ton- tonight we're going to talk a little boss shad. We're going to tell, tell some stories maybe. See, see what we can get into here. Okay. Take it way back. How far that- back do you want to go? Well, well let's, let's start with uh, how was your musky max? That? Good, good yeah. show. Last year was my um, last year was my best show to date, and then this year, um, it was just as good, if not a little bit better. That's wow. awesome! Really, that's yeah. awesome. So cool. That's great. So what, uh, like about Musky Max? Like um, I know I saw you in the at, at Ohio. And you guys seem like you're always, that's like one of those busy shows for you. But like Musky Max, like you, are you bringing the whole spread typically for for these shows? Or do um, you-, you know, when I first started, I brought a lot of stuff. And then over the years, you know, everybody I talk to, they have so much of my stuff now. They don't, it's it's not worth by bringing that much stuff anymore. Because um, a lot of people have a lot of stuff. So unless there's new colors or a new model I came out with, you know, it's, it's usually, it's usually the same. You know what I'm saying? I don't go, I don't go over crazy with it anymore because you can buy them at, you know, you can buy them right online. So that's what know. I was excited to see the, uh, you had the old bodies and the joint. Yeah, I've been doing that. I've been doing that the last couple of years because a lot of people keep asking for that. So I just, every year I make a batch and I bring them to the shows and then, I might make a batch throughout the summer, but that's what those have been been good to me. Yeah, we'll pick them up anytime I see them on your website. See, now there's a story that comes out of that. Um, (laughs) I first started, that's how they were, but they had so much action, some of them, that I was getting a little bit of um, people thought they weren't running right. Or they didn't know how to tune properly. Um, so I changed them slightly. And that was in 2013 I changed to this style that it, it is now. And the guys that knew how to run them, 
they just they, that's all they asked for after that because they caught so many fish, you know. So after a while, I was sick of hearing it, so I brought them back. <laughs> <laughs> now, were those original yeah. ones have been like the vintage with the sticker on them? The original ones had PF, which was the first year, and then the next year was a 12 or 11, and then a 12. And then I think in 13, I just, it went to a regular oval boss yet sticker down okay. below. And I think that was for a year or two. And then I got the stickers made for the lips. Yeah. So that's mm. how you kind of date them. That's why I found an older one that had the sticker on the, I think it was on the head. And I was trying to figure out how old it was. On the head. Or somewhere on the body. Well, it was, it was usually down below on the tail. Okay. Uh-oh, Nick got a fake no, <laughs> off eBay. That's legit. That was a Ross shad. Yeah, yeah. Ross shad. Nick, uh, that's, that's known to happen. Yeah. Often so, imitated. Can we talk about this tuning for a second? Like, what, you know, like there's a lot of baits out there that, you know, you just, like, quite frankly, as a musky fisherman, you got to learn how to tune baits. Like, that's, that's part of this game that I think a lot of people especially the new guys getting into the sport, you know, like it took me a while to figure that out personally. We could, we could talk to one o'clock in the morning about tuning. You know, I, I hate doing seminars. I, so I always turn them down, but I would love to do, I could, I have a seminar in my head about tuning because it's just, and, I, and if you notice, if you listen to any of my other podcasts, I always talk about tuning or if someone asks me about tips, my tip is tuning and knowing where your baits are running. That you know, most guys today just want to go out and fish, and they they don't do any of the um, basic trolling, thing, you know, tools. They don't they they don't even know that you had to tune a bait. You got to yeah. tune everything, even a bassler. You have to tune. Did you ever get a bassler? And you cast it out, and it comes mm-hmm. in to the right or left. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Rapalas, everything needs to be tuned. Everything needs to be tuned, yep. or at least checked, you know. But there's several ways to do it. Go- Kevin Goldberg put out two videos um, a couple years ago. One was tuning, and one was, like, advanced tuning. And, man, he was on the water doing everything. And uh, Brotherhood Baits, it's on their channel. Okay. If you ever want to see it, but yeah, you can definitely get into tuning and teeing hooks. Do you just see how many people I I look at their lures and their hooks are teed wrong? That's going to make the lure not run. I was doing it wrong when I first started. I mean, I still do. Yeah, Yeah. I was guilty. A lot of people just take the hook and tee it, but you have to put it in line with the the split ring, a flat, and then the eye. The right ones to bend. Yeah, you got to line it all up. And once you learn it, then it's real easy. You just put it in a vice and do it, you know. Have you ever monkeyed around with putting the eye screws like perpendicular to the bait? No. Is that not? Um, it might make them walk more, but that's no, what I, I was I'm like not gonna start I'm not gonna start changing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too deep now. Whenever I, I see it, I start getting into you know mental. Well, there is some lures out there that uh, there's a little trick that if you turn the back screw eye, you'll get a certain baits to walk. Yeah. But only on certain baits, you know. 
I've seen that even with some casting baits. You can tweak, twist yeah. one, and yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that you could do. But the thing is, is you got to get out on the water and start playing around. If you know, it's it's fishing, not catching. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I always say, start fooling around when the when the fishing's slow or you're not in a major or minor window. You know. I want to know. I want to know what it's going to take to get to get Polly over here to do a seminar at Musky Max on tuning. What are mm -hmm. we going to do to get you to do that seminar? Well, we can talk about it tonight too. But like Owen says, let's let's back it up real quick. Let, let's get to know Paul before we get into the weeds. How about that? How about we find out how this all started? Right. I'm trying to think of since since we don't have Dad here, I'm trying to think of what would Dad do right now. How deep you want to go back? Let's let's go back. We always ask when when did Paul get a fishing rod? When did this whole thing start? Oh, well, that's that's like five six years old probably. Well, we can fast forward in the gaps, you know. But first, who got you yeah, first dad, bait. grandpa. I had a neighbor that um, fished a lot. My my dad wasn't a fisherman. He he was a workaholic, mm -hmm. and um, he used to run a boat at Pama Tuning all the time. And he was always he would always put all his lures and tackle like out in his driveway before he went. I don't know why he did that, but he did. <laughs> and I don't know. I would just sit there like some goon looking at these lures, and I don't know. I was just amazed, actuated with the shapes and the colors, and I don't know. It was just that was like planted the seed, you know. Were, were they, they muscular? muscular? Oh. No, no, they weren't muscular. They were just like old flat fishes and okay, walleye type stuff. Walleye, yeah, he was a walleye fisherman. Yeah. Hmm. Muskies, muskies didn't come into my blood until my parents owned a place at Chautauqua back oh, in, the okay. early, in the early eighties. We had a place up there, and we went every weekend. And Obviously, I fished off the dock most of the time. Caught a lot of fish off that dock. My dad would take me walleye fishing at night. Um, we figured how to do that. We would catch our limit at night. But every Saturday and Sunday morning, you know, you had to register the muskies back then with the oh, really? tags. You know what I'm saying? In oh, fact, wow. I have a tag. I have a tag right here. Huh. So it's almost like a deer tag. Oh, yeah. Get out. They were metal, and then they switched them to uh, plastic eventually. Huh. This tag is from 1971. Holy wow. Crap. Yeah. So, and so they you put it, like, through the gill? or? Yeah. Yeah, you put it through the gill, and then you would register it, and they would, because everybody kept them then, you know? Right. But I would see these, I, I don't know if they were giant. I guess they were, they were giant back then to me, but I would see these muskies laying in the grass and i would look you know, poke at their teeth and get yelled at you know <laughs> <laughs> you know i was like i was like 10 11 years old right yeah and there was an our neighbor had a couple heads in the trees you know nailed to the trees and i was i would sit there like a retard looking at these <laughs> <all day. laughs> so I don't know. It's just that planted the seed. Yeah. I remember, I remember my dad taking me to a bait shop and I asked how to catch muskies. And this guy made us buy all this crap and it, it, <laughs> stuff, you know. But um, 
that's like the ideal situation for a shop owner. A kid walks in with his dad and asks that question because you know dad's yeah. gonna be like, "Well, I guess we gotta get it." Like, yeah, you need this, this, this. Yeah, this. yeah but you know <laughs> what? Thinking back to what he gave us, because I still remember, it was just, it was like, it was completely wrong. <laughs> he's a business got, owner not a musky fisherman we got ripped off bad <laughs> Is that I, wish I, was, I wish i knew more and i was smarter because man i could have got a lot of good lures back then that are worth a lot of money now you know that's what i was gonna say did you ever make it to like the redwood ranch yeah and... i would go but i i didn't know nothing yeah you know? give me a jar of worms and you know couple jig heads and i was i was i was good to go yeah so it wasn't year you know years years went by we got rid of the plate i fished around home in local ponds and then uh just bass i ended up buying a boat what's that just bass yeah bass fishing anything yeah yeah car car bass you know and then many years later i bought a boat and I don't know how old I was, 18, maybe 19. I bought a boat and uh, I started bass fishing at like Lake Milton and West Branch. And I didn't even know. I, I found those places by accident, actually, just driving. <laughs> Me and my buddy would get in the car and say, we're going fishing today. And we would drive for like hours until we find found something. I don't know. So <laughs> This is amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, um. So I started fishing those lakes for bass and we fooled around. We always had a good time. And my girlfriend at the time um, was going to college and she met this girl there and her and her husband muskie fished the lakes that I was going to bass fishing. So I didn't, obviously I didn't know them, but I called them and um, I told them who I was and, He's like, meet me up at the gas. He his dad owned a gas station. And he goes, Meet me Wednesday or Thursday, and I'll bring you out there and show you the quick ropes, you know, for the night. And I'm like, all right. So I brought my boat. You don't even want to know what kind of rod holders I had, but he ended up holding his rod because they were pretty bad. And um, we stopped at this uh place called North Coast, which was a really big uh musky uh bait shop up there so he told me what to buy and it was just my money was gone after that every friday <laughs> i would buy it buy it. and i would lose half of the shit i bought because no one taught me about line lengths yeah i oh, used yeah. to cast a bitch out let some more line out and go. <laughs> you probably Nobody taught me no one he didn't talk about that you know yeah probably just running and, like whatever mono too right and we, yeah, mono, we had no, um, we had no line counters, so you had to know what your wraps were, but I still didn't even know that, you know? So he showed me around the lake. Okay. The next, okay. That was like a Wednesday or a Thursday. So I called my buddy up. I like, you know, I told him, I go, we got to go fishing Saturday. You know, I told him the whole story and we went and I ended up catching one. Hmm. And I thought it was a snag because I kept snagging up. So I thought that was a snag too. And it folded my rod holder in half. <laughs> so I had to get it out and it was a muskie. And then ever since then, that was, that was it. Do so, you remember how big or anything about the fish? Or? It was 36 inches caught on a Bagley monster shad fire. Nice. Tight. 
No way. A Bagley Monster Shed Fire <clears throat> Tiger. Yep. I had that. I had the uh, I had a experience with the monster shad a time or two. Yeah. It's, uh, well, and they're still popular. They're kind of they kind of made a second wind. I saw them going around eBay and Facebook. Nothing nothing's like the old ones though. No. They changed yeah, they, right. they, they they ruined them. Yeah. I think Northland took them over now. Yeah. But weren't they them. Sisson? Wasn't Sisson Bagley or Bagley Sisson or Um I don't know. They they've changed company names. They changed countries where they were made. They've made a lot of different changes throughout okay. the years, but the yeah. old brass, the old brass ones, with the brass hook hangers, those were the good ones. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, it's like I tell everybody, I got into bait making. It wasn't because I wanted to save money. Um, it was more that that's all we had at that time. There was no. There was hardly any bait companies out there. We had Grandma Believer, Bagley Monster Shad. I think Shad Rap came out. Little Ernie's came out a little later. Um, but as far as like trolling shad baits in Ohio, that that, that Bagley was king, man. They they had hold issues holding holding up, right? Yeah, we always we had, as soon as we got them, we had to pin the lips. You know, and we didn't know that until later on, obviously, but. We had to recode them because you would you would get a brand new foil bait and in an hour it'd be cracked, you know. So we were always repairing them, and because I come from a family of mechanical, make your own stuff, I guess you would call it. I don't know if there's a name for it. I started fooling around making baits, and trust me, they were pretty bad. And. Uh, <laughs> Then, then painting, you know, I was always painting that got, I started doing custom paint work for people. Now, trust me, my custom paint work was, it was pretty bad, but they, <laughs> they liked it. You know, in fact, I remember a friend of mine, his box, you opened it up and it smelled like automotive paint because everything in his box was custom painted. <laughs> <laughs> But the word got around, and I I would come home and I would have like boxes of baits just sitting at my garage to be painted with notes in them, yeah. <laughs> and being my dad owned a body shop, I had access to all, all that stuff, you know. Yeah. So I got better and better and better. You know, I would study the lures, what went first, you know, what you know, because there was no YouTube. Mm-hmm. There was none of that to. I mean, what uh, year was this to put it in roughly? About 94, 95. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was either the end of the 94 or the beginning of 95. Hmm. So, um, I think I started making like suet type baits for the river. And then I started getting into the shad baits. And then, you know, once you start catching fish on your own stuff, then you don't want to use nothing else, you know. Oh, yeah. I can imagine that. Yeah, it's just, and it's not an ego thing. It's just you have confidence in it, and you mm-hmm. just, you know. Now like I pride, got so many probably. models. I got so many models now that I have kind of something for all different kind of situations now. So, you know, I don't, I don't use too many other things now, but... um but let's get back to the painting. So I started getting a little better and better. And then 
I said, and this is a long time ago. And I said, I, it'd be cool to make a company out of this, you know? And, uh, I remember, um, and I don't know what year this was, but I remember working all day and then coming home and trying to start this. I, I worked, I think I worked two, two weeks every day after work, even on weekends. And I'm, are we allowed to swear here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, fuck this. I ain't doing this shit. You know, this <laughs> <laughs> well, at that time, I said, fuck it. Tough Shed, Chris Hamrick, that owned Tough Shed, he just came out. And he had he, he had a lot of, uh, he was way ahead of me. He already had boxes of baits going to the clubs and handing out baits at, at tournaments. So he was... You know, I, it was like, it was wrong timing. You know what I'm saying? So I said, whatever, I don't want to do this anyhow, full, t you know, that much. So I just made stuff for myself and I started catching fish on different things. And it was kind of cool because everybody wanted to see them, you know, but you could, I wouldn't sell them. So I, I was the only one using my stuff and they, they did real good at Chautauqua for many years i had a couple other models that i don't make anymore but at the time you know we were doing some damage at at chautauqua on them and uh, it was cool that just to have something that no one had you know so um the painting still went on and building for myself still went on for i don't few years and then when tough shed announced they were going to plastic I said, now's my chance. <laughs> this is it. This is and then it. I went, I went full bore. And then it's now I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> you finally made it. Yep. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Spinnacle. and a lot of people don't know this. Again, this is pre-Facebook, pre-YouTube, pre-anything. Everything that I have done up to this point has been trial and error. Nothing was there was no one to ask. I didn't mm -hmm. know any bait makers. I wasn't from Elwood city. That <laughs> oh, the you were outside of the bubble. Yeah. I mean, Ed Ladiano taught a lot of people things, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I had, I didn't know those guys at the time, at the time. So sealing baits was, was costly by trying things and seeing if they held up in clear coats and epoxy coats. And, um, I've always used I've always used automotive paint because that's you know that's what I have and um, but different woods and oh, there's so much to it you know um, I didn't know about making jigs to make everything the same each time you know I didn't know any of that that was taught to me by a guy I worked with. He's like, don't you know production? I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? He goes, production, like a production line. He goes, that's how you have to think. And he made my first couple jigs for me for different things. And then the light bulb went on, you know, and they're like, holy shit. That's how you do that. Why don't I think of that? You know? Mm -hmm. Right. So nothing, I, I could say nothing was given to me. That's for sure. That's so, what, it's always cool to look at your baits. I feel like they, they're like completely unique compared to. Well, all when the other I came, bait shapes. When I when I came out with that, you know how they always say it's a copy of something. There's only so much things you could do. 
Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I wanted to make a shad bait. Obviously, you can't duplicate a Bagley Monster shad. And I was never in the copying everybody. So when I designed it, I designed it. Okay, it's different. Plus, don't forget, there was nothing else out at the time. It was Tough Shad yeah. and Shad Rap. And then me. Um, I'm trying to even think what other shad baits there were. I mean, Little Ernie's considered a shad bait, but it's round, kind right? Of him. Yeah. It's got the drop belly, but it's it's still round. Um, well, Dana Whitman had his Dana shad, but I won't okay. go, I won't go into that. Um so he was he wasn't nearly oh, he, like super main. He could have been though. Yeah. He could have been, but that's another story. So when I designed the lip and the lip angle, you know, a lot of people looked at it and they're like, oh, that there's no way this is gonna run. It's too steep, it's too this, and you know, um I made one and and went and tested and I got one, I got a fish on it, and I'm like, okay. So I went home and I made five more. Now I didn't know what hooks to put on yet, so that was all trial and error. And uh, so I made I made five. I called Kevin Goldberg up. I said, "I'm picking. You know, I'll meet you at the lake. We're gonna go test these baits out." Okay. So we tested the baits out, and um, and you, I know you guys heard this story before, or at least Ryan did. We got ten that day. And lost a few. And that was big, you know, for West Branch at that time. Ten fish. I had people at the dock waiting after we were done fishing the season. Trying to buy baits. And place orders. (laughs) And I came home. I'm like, you I told my wife, I'm like, I'm like, this is crazy. She goes, What? And I told her, and she goes, Holy cow. So she helped me for a little bit. (laughs) It would take us two weeks to make 22 baits. Wow. Two weeks. I I had nothing but a drill press and a scroll saw. Wow, dude. That's it. Wow. And, and the and my planer was a piece of sandpaper on a flat surface. <laughs> to get the rough saw and took some time. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Then, oh my god. So is this are you still working like doing the automotive stuff at this point? Well, I have it in five years. Okay, so I just like at the point where that happened, were you still working? Working full time. Oh, and yeah, then making for all, all those years after yeah, I hours. Worked, I worked full time. I tried to make a stab at full time one time, and my my um, wife lost her job, and I was in nine stores at the time, and it just it just wasn't going to happen. I, I couldn't do it, so I went back to work. But and that was a, just a short summer. I was off of work. Are you are you still in that many stores? I know you're at Team no. Rhino now. No, just Team Rhino. Just Team Rhino. That that's probably that's the place to be if you're going right. to be anywhere. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was in Thorns. I was in places in Ohio, New York. I was in a, a place in PA. I forget the name of it. Um, a couple places in Wisconsin. Um, it was a place that St. Clair I was in for a while, but the guy closed up and moved. Okay. I forget his name. But anyhow, we'll get to that story. That's another story. <laughs> oh, okay, so it takes us 22 or uh, two weeks to make 22 baits. 
my buddy makes helps me with the jigs. I would say that greatly helped me. And then, um, um, oh, that's what I was going to say. What a lot of people don't know is before Facebook, before YouTube, when there was none of what is today, I wanted, I, I don't know the word I want. I wanted my business to be modeled after Brian Boyer and Dale Wiley. Okay. That's, I wanted to be in everybody's tackle box. Yeah. And I say that, I say the, uh, the whole Facebook thing is because now there's trends of let's make a few baits and then hold a whole bunch back and make them worth a lot of money. Yeah. That wasn't my end goal. You know what I mean? I didn't want to play that. I don't want to play that game. I just want to make baits. People use them, you know, and I want people to use them. That's why I bust ass all the time. Gotta, gotta use them. So that's what I modeled the company after. And me and me and Dale's, we've had a lot of long conversations about business and night. And um, he told me, he goes, if you want to make it, he goes, you got to get out of the stores. And I'm like, really? I go, what about you, Dale? You've been in a million stores. He goes, I was. <laughs> he goes, but do you have to give away too much money? Right. So. Because they all wanted it at a wholesale price versus. Yeah, the wholesale price is, it's, it's a lot. I don't know who came up with the, the percentage that they do. And I guess you don't have to give them that percentage, but most want that percentage to do it to operate so yeah. there's a there's another point here too because like you're i mean you're talking about like all of this like no resources whatsoever this is all you trial and error figuring this stuff out building it by hand well none and, of my friends build baits there was no internet and another bait maker at that time is not really going to tell you anything unless you're pretty good friends with them right but those so, box, those box stores, they, it's easier for the mass produced, you know, products well, that. I truly believe that like Bass Pro Cabela's stuff like that, you got a mass that those are, those stores are for mass produced baits. Right. There's no, to do a wooden bait with all the steps involved. I don't see how anybody could be profitable. Yeah. So, um, I got out of those stores after, so all these years go by, by the way, I don't want to skip all those years. So um, let's see, um, maybe eight, eight or nine years goes by. I'm doing this after work, right? And on weekends, and I used to do a lot of side work, car, cars, side work, you know? Yeah. I used to, I used to paint MRI machines oh, for, really? a company, for a company, side work. And even though the lures were the worst money, I got rid of all that side work. And I just wanted to do lures when I came home. I didn't want to do any, even though I'm, I, I missed out on tens of thousands of dollars. I, the, I wanted to do lures. I really wanted to make this a company, you know? So fast forward five years ago, I grew a giant tumor in my neck. Okay. Like within two months, I went from like a golf ball to like a grapefruit. I looked like one of those poor kids in those third world countries that, you know, they're hanging a big tumor off of them. Oh, and they got no money. It wasn't cancerous, so we're all good there. 
So at the at the shop I was at, my eye would twitch every day. Because if I didn't get out of there, someone would have died. <laughs> so I knew I had to get out. I knew it was time. You know when you know, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I had two, I have the two, you know, I had two little girls at home. At that time, they were, let's see, they're 21 now. So 21 minus five. And um, I, I I was just going to make it work. I had to make it work. So I knew I was going to be off for the surgery for at least two weeks. I knew I was going to take a third week. And then within that three-week period, I built the website, got everything on. I sold my a huge bait collection I had because all it does is sit there and collect dust. So I had some money coming in, you know, and, um, I gear, I, after re, after recuperating, I was able to do light stuff. So I, I got a lot of stuff uh, together and ready for the website. And I told all the stores to get bent and I made a big announcement that, you know, if you want boss sheds, you got to come to the website and it worked. So that's years, a- late, years later, I, I took Jeff fishing from TRO and we sparked up a deal that if he carried my line, that I would come back to him and only him, you know? So it's, uh, it's worked out. I just hope I can make it the retirement. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh that's quite the story. I don't remember like talking to you about a, a lot of that. Yeah. yeah that's, that's-, that's pretty much of it in a nutshell. <laughs> There was a lot of, um, I don't know. It's it's been pretty good. I, I wouldn't say, you know, you know how it is. Some customers are more pains in the butt than other ones, mm-hmm. right? You know, that's just all part of doing business. I hear, but that I think real, I succeeded in my goal, guy. and um, we'll just hope that, like I said, I can make it to retirement because you know at the year. Every year you get older and unemployable, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's the other thing you kind of mentioned too, is like, you've been doing this for so long and a lot of guys out there, I mean, with with boss shad being a staple in the industry, like a lot of guys have a lot of boss shads, you know, and, but the thing is like, you're, you're finding other ways too. Like you've come out with the crime boss and the, and the, you know, some of these other baits in your lineup. Like, like you mentioned yeah. before about having something for every scenario, like that's, that's one way to keep it going. And I know, you know, but you, it's hard to keep coming out with models because that creates so much work and you only have so much time in the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You almost need you know, to I drop start, a model to pick up a model. I started out with a four and a half and then about a year later, the seven came out and I rode with that for a while, actually. And then the small baits came. So I, I created the crime boss. That's been out for a long time now. And um, I went with that. And then, I, then everybody wanted the big baits. So I like making big baits. It's you said yeah, you said that like you didn't like the small baits. Like you kind of dread making the small baits. The small, I don't want to lose my fingers. That's yeah, that's what we hear a lot. <laughs> and I lost half of my f- side of my finger last year on a joiner. Ooh. Yeah, and um, um, yeah, that was, it was a dumb mistake by me, and I should know better. 
but uh, those little crime bosses, the route is is um, a little scary at times. I believe it. And I was going to discontinue them actually like, like two months ago. I was really thinking about it, but I made some contraption to hold it. So we'll just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep going with it. And then, um, um, yeah, you just kind of want like the four inch minnow. Man, that was a great fish catcher for a, a year or two, but I discontinued it because I, you got I got too many complaints too quick. They're a real small bait. You had a you had a baby um, you know muskies would destroy them, and I said I'm not going to ruin my name over a twenty dollar bait. So mm-hmm. I got a whole friggin' couple hundred of them in a box here. Are so, they painted, ready to go? No, it's just bodies. Can Swinkies. they be special ordered? <laughs> Maybe if I know you. I'd... I promise I won't complain. <laughs> <laughs> but they, I mean, me, 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 Goldberg was on the um, testing of that too. And man, that year was, man, we did pretty good on them. But, you know, and then uh, I would say, I want to say out of all the baits, the underboss. It still hasn't caught on over here yet, but man, that that bait has caught a lot of fish. It was kind of like, like the four and a half when it first started. That's what when I when I heard you say that it was your secret weapon, I, I immediately I, ordered I kept one. It, I kept it four years on her wraps. <laughs> Am I, I got a nine ask? inch? I got a nine inch coming out. I was looking at that, and I could That's tell it was something inch. different. That's a nine-inch underboss. If you need oh. a tester, Donnie and I are willing. Yes, why do you think it's struggling to catch on? Do you yes. think you know why? I um, well, first people, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's a change thing. I don't know, but you know, some. And what's so different like, about it? I guess that's a two-part question. What's like different about it that's struggling to catch on? Like just the um, shape, just a different shape than the traditional boss shed. Or? The thing, the thing runs so good. It's caught all my biggest Ohio fish in all the years I've been fishing. Yeah. Am I, mean, I allowed to ask I, Paul when you say like you've been talking about it? You know, all the baits you have kind of designed for a specific scenario or situation. I picked up my first underboss this year to show from you. Obviously, you know that, but like you know, what is the what is that actually designed for? If you don't mind me asking, if that's something we can get into, like when you built that um, bait, how did you intend to fish it? Okay. That, that is a good question. And I only use that bait like spring, like now to when fish start, um, like spawning over deep water, oh, Okay, like summertime, I, then in the four and a half is money to me. Okay. So that's what I run, but that bait I designed for spring because it doesn't have a lot of action. It swims nice. There's not much walk on it, and they seem to like it. So, and we 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 use them up until like that time, and then I put them away. Really, you know. But TRO has been selling hundreds of them things, so I think, and I'm hoping. And this is the reason I gave them to him. I'm hoping it's catching on at Green Bay. Because a lot yeah. of Green Bay guys are buying those. 
and they're not saying nothing because it's new and no one has them. So that's by putting two and three together. I think that's why, I mean, TRO, I think I've sold him over 700 of them things already. Oh, wow. Crap. Yeah. So somebody's buying them, (laughs) you know? And And if you sold 700, I take it production's increased a little since the 22 baits for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've been, um, I'm pumping those out. I'm building those on a regular basis just to have them. So when, uh, if I get, I got an order off yesterday for one. Where's he from? Hmm. Hey, Cranberry. Oh, that's right out by us. Yeah. Yeah. One bait. (laughs) Well, hey. It's catching on, but it's not like the four and a half was. Now that's because there's a gazillion baits out there, right? You know, mm-hmm. I think so, that's all the reason. So you kind of told some of this already, but what, like, what was, what was it like to make that decision? Like, because you're full time bait making now, correct? Yes. You said since the last five years. So what? Five, yeah, five years. After that happened, you know, with the situation you went through, was it? Did you just make the decision like this is what I want to do, and and you just went full into it? Yeah, I talked to a couple other people just recently that quit their jobs because they said enough's enough, and they got to a, after my dad closed in nineteen. No, he closed in two thousand, so twenty three years ago he closed. Um. I had a couple good runs at a couple good shops for five years, four years, and there's all the rest of the jobs lasted about a year. They lasted because I said enough. I, it's not like I got fired. I've never been fired, but you know, there's just the the, it's, the industry has changed. I ended up because the insurance companies are so involved now, and um, it just wasn't fun anymore. And everybody was always pointing fingers and no one wanted to do their job in the front office. I always say, I always said it like this. It's not rocket science. It's fixing cars, right? Give me the parts and tell me when the car's got to go. That's simple. But here's what happens. So the parts guy doesn't do his job. The estimator doesn't do his job. The insurance adjuster doesn't do their job. So everybody fumbles the football all week long, and then Paul's got to run the touchdown on Friday. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm not doing it no more. And if you don't like it, then that's the way it is. So the tumor was my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> or sign, maybe. Or sign. Yeah. And I said enough's enough. And my wife watched well, her pants when I told her I quit. <laughs> yeah, she's like, She's like, I just started my new job. We got the girls, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'll make it work, you know? And um, I did. So. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's like putting like just basically like what. Listen, I think I'll what... never be rich. I'll never have an $80,000 boat. You know, it took me eight years to buy my frigging garage for my boat, which I just put up last week or got put up. So things were things are a little slower, you know, because you don't make a lot of money doing this. You have to love doing this. But you got a way yeah. better shot at being happy than hating your job every day, oh, wanting to it, kill your coworkers, and it's yeah, 
uh, happiness is definitely and time. Time mm-hmm. is worth more than money. Yeah. For me, to, you know, if I can watch, if if I'm if I have all my stuff done and I'm watching the weather, you know, I don't know how many times I was at work and the bite was going on during the week. God, that abuse. Talk about excruciating. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. And then by the time you get there on the weekend, there's fifty thousand people. The weather changed and it sucks. Now you got to mm. wait till the next weekend. And now I live that life. And now I don't, I try to go once a week. That's my goal. But then once, once July hits, I kind of slow down, you know, but I hit it hard in the spring and, and early summer to midsummer. And then I start, I start slowing up too. So maybe I'm wrong here, but I'm willing to bet people appreciate your work a little more too. And the musky lures instead of, cause I feel like cars, people are just like, eh. Um, yeah, no, you're probably right. Like you that. fix some lady that wrecks her car. She's not going to be like, Oh, what an amazing paint job, Paul, but you give us a lure and we take it to bed every night and look at it. And yeah, well, musky people are nutty. We too. are. Too. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. We all gawk about yeah. a little thing. Yeah. Ooh. This is fair. But no, well, the only time that doesn't happen is if you restore an old muscle car. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, that you get a little bit of yeah, um, pride, I guess, or so. But you still do any of that? Will you still get an old beater? And no, straight lures. I'm yep. done. In fact, <laughs> my friend owns. Um, he bought the body shop in Andover by Pima Tuning. Okay. And uh, he's been running it for about five years now. And he called me. He called me right after Christmas because he can't get anybody to work out there. And I told him that not to put a shop out there. So he had like 16 deer hits sitting there. Jeez. And he goes, can you help me? I go, you know what? I'm caught up. I'll come down and uh, I'll get you out of the bind. I go, but I'm not taking nothing apart. I'm not putting nothing together. I'll just repair it and get it ready for you to paint, and I'm out. So I did that for like three days. Made pretty good money too. That was that's fast money, but so but that's all I want to do. He, I get job offers all the time. I got a job offer yesterday. I got one two weeks ago. That's awesome um, to have that as a yeah a little well, fun money. Well, I got to get my resume off indeed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to pull that, yeah. Well, here's an idea. We do the, the raffles at Muskie Max next year. Fix up an old muscle car. Do like a oh, shaft paint job on the car, and we'll raffle the car off. Yeah, yeah you should see my dad's collection, man. A large Marge <laughs> Mustang. Yeah. My dad, my dad was, uh, he was a, I don't want to say a famous builder, but he was he was pretty well known. He had a lot of a lot of cars in the magazines, you know. And um, hmm. yeah, he was. Uh, what was his was name? His passion. Paul. Oh, Paul. <laughs> oh, okay. If anyone wants yeah. to, yeah, could we find his stuff online? You think, or we want to see some? Um, all the cars are sold. Yeah. Since he died, so I I, I periodically look for him and I find. I find like four out of like the six, mm-hmm. but they're all over the, they're all That's over awesome. the country. Actually. Just That's so you really know, cool. we'll, we'll settle instead of the muscle car. We'll, we'll settle for a seminar. 
Yeah. You can do that. I just don't I don't like talking in front of people. I don't know. I why. get that. I understand that completely. I did I one summer it. once and when you start saying um, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> and I watch it happen to these guys and I don't know, you know. I guess if I had slides where you follow it and you're mm-hmm. done. Game like plan. Up, I went up there with nothing. <laughs> High school book report style, just yeah, it was free ball in it. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. I got the dry mouth and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just avoid it. We won't put what? you in that spot. But I did sell lures after that. They say that's why you do it, and it worked. Yeah. Hmm. We were talking oh. earlier, the seminar you wanted to give was tuning crankbaits. We could always talk a little of that tonight. I mean, we could give like a little teaser for your seminar. Work on it a little bit. Work on my, tu- my tuning seminar? Yeah. Well, you can all right, be well, a focus let me, group. Let me ask you. So when you get a new lure, what, what's the first thing you do when you put it in the water? Check it, see, make sure it's not going one way or the other. Or... Tee the hooks incorrectly. <laughs> Get it so, stuck on uh, a crib. <laughs> did you do that on the side of the boat? I I try to do stuff at home before I go out. No, no, no. no, no I usually, home. yeah, I usually try to do it on the side of the boat. I'll try to go to my bow if I can to get a little bit further away from the wake. The tuning you're talking, not the, yeah. the hook, the hook Just so that the wake. Oh, you, not... you, you screwed that up, Ryan. Screw <laughs> a lot of stuff. Typical. Up. All right, so tuning, yeah. So you get the bait, you put it in the water on the side of the boat. Are you doing the speed that you want to do? Yes, I see. I actually, I usually try to go a little faster than what I'm planning oh, on going. Okay. What about the wind? Is the wind pushing you to the side, or are you directly going with waves? I see what we're getting yeah. at. I mean, that's honestly, that's probably not something. I made I've this paid. mistake putting a new lure out as we're fishing. Look at it, looks good. But then there's a wind put uh, hitting me from the side. So the boat's over this way. Kind of crab walking. And you think mm-hmm. you're tuned, and then you're sitting there. And when you turn the boat, you're like, why is my line like over here now? And it's not coming back to center. That's because you tuned why the wind was pushing your boat one mm-hmm. way or the other. So we okay. typically try to get, if there's any kind of wind, we'll get downwind and look at the waves and head where the waves are headed. So we have that, you know. Kind of neutral environment. Yeah. And then what I do is I get it, we'll say 95% at the side of the boat. Look at it. Just just look at it. And then... I'll let them like three or four feet out and then I'll try to pull it straight and see what it does. And then if I think I have it, then I put it out 30 feet, stand in the back of the boat with my line up and I'll look at it and I'll either pull it. Some people pull it too hard and now the bait's doing 10, but I'll, I'll pull it and look at that line and see if it still tracks straight. And if that tracks straight, then the, the next, the last thing I do is I'll reel it in as it's going and I'll watch it. And that usually tells you if it's right or left, that's going to tell you if it's right or left. So when you're actually tuning the bait, I'm assuming you're going right for the, the attached, like the screw eye, like the attachment where you're attaching the bait to the leader, or are you looking for other things? Are you looking at the like hook hangers or where are you looking first to tune your crankbait? 
Oh no, it's it's at the line tie. Always at the line tie. Yeah, yeah, that's first. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we found out uh, not too long ago. I you would I put a bait on that I know that's tuned, and all of a sudden it's not running right. And actually, Kevin showed me this, and I did. I switched it up, and it worked. If you use too big of a clip on a small bait, it'll screw it up. Oh yeah, a lot of the a lot of the if they're not symmetrical too. Yeah, the- and you know what really bugs me, and I know I'll probably catch flack for this. <laughs> I look at people's baits that like bought them from me, and they put a split ring on there. And I go, why do you put a split ring on there? First, that's another point to fail, for one. And for two, you know that little part of the split ring that you open to put it on? Right. It's mm-hmm. not smooth. If that if that works its way and stays there, now, now it's going to screw up your tune because it's, mm-hmm. it's t- either one or the other side. Yeah. So I just never, like when we used to get bag leaves, that's the first thing we did is cut the split ring off. Hmm. And then just find a clip that'll go into it, the hole if it's too small, you know. Yeah. It's funny you say that about the leaders because, like, even getting into musky fishing, like, your first step, you go to, like, wear dick sporting goods to get your musky leaders. And they give you these leaders with freaking, it's like 100, 100 pound leader with like a 350 pound, like, fast attached snap on it. It's like two inches long. And then you're using these little yeah. musky baits yeah. starting out. You're like, why is these don't work right? What the hell? It's, it's your snap. <laughs> yeah. It's that Mondo yeah. Marlin snap you got on. And, yeah, I, I hear so, that. So the snap, if, if it's too big of a snap for a small bait, you, it'll screw it up. Um, I've seen the split ring on the line tie screw it up. Um, I think heavy, I know I'll get flack for this, but I don't use fluorocarbon. I don't know who and who made the sale of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because you have some gaudy ass lure with giant hooks clanking around and you're with a big clip and swivel and you're worried about the leader showing, give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. That's bullshit. <laughs> so I don't yeah. care who says I'm wrong, it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I've been using single strand leaders since day one and you prefer I, just you know, the I, single wire. What's that? You like this, just the single strand. Yeah, and it like gives that. your it, it gives all, it gives all your baits a better action. Yeah, that that floral to me deadens small baits. Hmm. Hundred pound floral so thick, mm-hmm. it deadens <laughs> everything. That wire is I use single strand, hundred and forty pound wire. Hmm. You buy it in a bulk. You you make them yourself, and you're good to go. If it bends, you throw it out. And you pick out another one out of your mm-hmm. batch, you know. Now is this a th- I use had, like a three foot leader here? Like what? Like how long is I, your wire I, leader? I, I do three foot to four foot. Okay. And it cuts the weeds better. And um, I also like it because I've had two fish cut through. Um, Floral carbon. Yeah. And I lost the fish. Have you you ever played with the surf? Have you ever played with the surf lawn stuff? It's like the seven strand wire. It's like the flexible wire. Um 
I have some of that. I don't like seven strand either. No. Now, when you make those kind of those single strands, do you just tie right to the loop you make on the top end, or do you put anything up there? Like a I usually steel put ring? a swivel up. There. I okay. put a I put a swivel and clip up there, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I put a swivel and clip on my line. Then I put the leader, and then I put a single clip at the end. Okay. If the thing gets screwed up, I don't have to retie. I just unclip the leader, and then clip the other leader on, and I'm back in business. That's a good idea. Yeah, I think I've seen a few people that stole your... I was going to say, I think I saw a few people that stole your trick there. I've come, I've been in a few boats where guys uh, did it's, that. It's not my, it's not my trick. It's Uh-oh. just, you know, that's yeah. how I, that's how I do it. You know? Yeah. Swanky, go ahead. You had a question. No, I was saying I stole his trick. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you, could tie right, you could tie right to that loop you made on the wire leader. That's no big deal. That's what I've always done. Just to, yeah. It just gives it like a less i don't know i like the swivel and the clip because sometimes they'll catch a weed yeah you know it stops it before it hits the bait lately i've been doing like a rubber bead on the on the main line just above where yeah. i tie and that seems to catch up pretty good but see yeah. what's good for that nick what your steelhead beads I, I was using yeah. the steelhead beads, but they were getting the problem I have is like, and I'm I'm a little weird because I use a fish hawk, but like I can't get all the way down to the bait with those steelhead beads on there. It gets hung up. Oh. So I stopped using the beads. Weird. What do you mean all the way down? Like for the fish hawk, like if I have a three or four foot leader, like I'm just anal about that fish hawk hitting home at the bait versus like getting stuck at the top of the leader. Uh, so you, you want you, you don't put the bead on your line then tie your leader yeah but he's sliding like a yeah, it's like, like a little transducer thing that tells you how deep your bait is oh oh and you're hoping that passes the swivel it goes the whole way to the bait yeah because nor- uh, normally okay. it normally it does it'll go all the way down to the bait and catch on the lip of the bait but smaller steelhead bead yeah i mean it's it's just i've tried different size it, i just got rid of the bead but i I've been using uh just just last year I started using that um you know that tubing you cut four ways and you put oh yeah yeah you know, guard those been working man those really save your yeah mm-hmm. yeah those are pretty good the only bad thing is if you have to plug knock a lure you're not gonna get it past that right mm. I never thought thing. of that yeah you're screwed if you're done <laughs> I lost a- like six. I lost six baits at Pima Tuning last year. Oh, man. Well, that's they Ryan put, Reed they numbers. put more of those fish uh, attractors Cribs. in. Plus, the lake is, was low again. Donnie's, Donnie's world-famous boss shad got lost in Pima yeah. Tuning. Oh, my, yeah. my favorite one. Joe Which Exotic. One? Yeah. That was that was an orange tiger one, Paul. I know I sent you pictures of him at... Ryan lost them for me at Pima Tuning a couple years ago, but we're not going to say it was all my fault. <laughs> I got hey, look at I got two right there. All right, I'm going to be putting an order waiting. in here in a minute. I got a few more. Yeah, but... Three of them. You must have done. You must have done the full like uh, major league Joe Boo ritual. Give him a bunch of rum and whatever to when you were making that one because it was it was magical. Oh, we could rub something on it. 
Mine are usually christened with something. <laughs> so getting back to tuning, um, I see a lot of people take pliers and start wrenching on it, you know? Mm-hmm. You ever see that? And I've seen people just... grab the. That's why I asked you earlier. I know you're not supposed to, but I've seen people grab the physical lip of the bait and twist the lip, and I'm like, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. Oh boy, yeah. No. Have you ever messed Bagley's? You should be able... Bagley's used to be able to thumb it. Oh, just move it with your thumb because it, it was yeah. so soft. Hmm. And I'll do that still with mine if I'm like really close. And I don't want to put the players to it. I'll give it a real hard thumb where it hurts, and it usually it's usually good then, you know. And yeah. you got to tune baits, and you guys know this art, but you got to tune baits after every fish you catch, mm-hmm. every snag, or at least chuck it. Mm-hmm. See, that's where I, mean, I was. Yeah, yeah, I was failing last year. Like, I and I, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to fish with a number of people that kind of know that already, <laughs> but like me. Dude, like I never look at that after we catch a fish, and it's crazy because half the time, probably more than half the time, that bait is not running well after you catch a fish yeah. on it. Yeah, you mm-hmm. always gotta. Monitor. I mean, think of what just happened. That not only did that fish hit it, but if you're using a net, it got all rolled up in uh, the net. All the wire of that bait was twisted. In see, every that's way. a that's a common mistake. There's a the guy because... you know that makes baits that when we catch fish on his stuff, you got to make sure all the screw eyes are back yeah. straight. Because they are turning for the oh, fish. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, you got to make sure all the joints are straight because you, and I, there's a ton of times I um, didn't look at that because I was so excited to get the bait back in the water. And then all of a sudden it's not, it's not producing. And I bring it in. I'm like, son of a bitch. Yep. <laughs> I, I just ruined the whole window because I was too lazy to check that. Yeah. See, that blows me away, though, because everything you're saying about tuning, like you're taking the amount of time you need to tune the baits. And that's like one of the most common things, like especially with new guys, like we we have a tendency to want to just get out there and go. And it's like quick, 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 get the spread set, throw everything back and start. But then you sit there and you drive for an hour. Nothing happens. It's like you could have taken 15, 20 minutes to make sure everything was tuned. That's where like I feel like it's only after I'm either you know tuckered myself out but i try not to sit there and just wait you just always you ever second check something yeah yeah. just need to keep checking and i'll know something's tuned right say i got a really good fish in the fall and i'll put that bait back out check it it's running great put it back out chances are nothing's going to happen again because you know how fall is you're you're only the window bite is so small, you know, you're lucky to get the air, the, the places I fish, you're lucky to even get the one, you know, but you start second guessing yourself and I'll, I'll bring it in and just look it over just to make so yourself can... confident. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole, that's the whole thing with fishing is confidence. Mm-hmm. There's colors that I have that I won't run because I'm not confident in them. And then I hear of a big fish coming on that same color. It's like, man, you actually ran that, you know, <laughs> but I think a lot of times it's the action of the Lord. Not that's the what, yeah. I think it's the, the magic in the wood more than the, that's right. The paint. I, I truly believe that's half of it. You know? Um, yeah, that's, I mean, color matters. I'm not saying it don't, especially if you fish St. Clair, I mean, color is definitely the thing, but 
here's here's a question for you tuning wise have you ever messed with like i've seen guys where they take like needle nose and where the line tie like goes through the lip will like pull it pull it down or pull it up yep that's a good the only time i've ever had to do that is if something's not that will not tune okay if something will not resort I've had lures where they won't tune. They're either right or they're left, no matter how delicate. And nine times out of ten, the reason that is is because the wire is loose in the lip. Okay. So that goes back to not over-tuning something and start taking that Lexon and and wearing it out. You know, that hole is only so big, it's supposed Mm -hmm. to fit tightly against that eye or the wire. And if you if you overtune stuff like a um, for instance like a uh, little Ernie that's built in the plastic. Oh yeah. If you mm-hmm. overtune that and it breaks loose, that lure's done. You got to put glue on it now. Yeah. Like, so, and but I, I've taken pliers underneath the lip, and bent the wire, made a little L, yeah, or a Z or however you want it, just to tighten that up. You know. Yeah, Kevin Goldberg does all that on that video. He, he it's a really okay. good video. We'll yeah, there's all kinds of stuff you could do. What about different hooks? You put that big of hooks on small baits. You're that was huge. actually a question of mine. I wanted to ask you like, yeah. how how important is it? Because I've heard different opinions over the on this over the years, but like, how important is it in your opinion that? Say I have a four and a half inch boss shad. I catch a muskie. I cut a hook. Do I need to replace it with the exact same hook that you use? But like, I know we want the same size, but like brand model. No, no, no. But I would get. I, I have a guy that I sell baits to that don't want my hooks because he puts five ots on that bait, and I, I can't. I it's got to kill it, but that's what he does. As long as I think it's the same size, not a wide gap. If it's the same size hook, I don't think it don't matter what manufacturer it is. As long as it's not way too small or way too big. Mm-hmm. Because when I does when I design these lures, I take all the I take a bunch of hooks out and try them all, and you know pick the best one out of it. You know, so that there's time into that too that. I don't know if other guys do that. I'm sure they do, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know. So my four and a half takes a three out. You could use a three out mustad or any of them. Now a wide gap. I've never tried them with wide gaps. I'm sure it'll probably be all right because you're teeing it anyhow. So, mm-hmm. right. You know. Now, would you say generally, if you went to a lighter hook, that it gets more action, more erratic to it? Uh, could it could, yeah, but I tried lighter hooks in the beginning and they were bending straight in the net. I started out with okay. Mustad 3551s, is what my bait started with. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it was bad. That <laughs> you can straighten that yeah. we caught. I was, I was replacing hooks, and uh, I think I borrowed a hook from I took a bait, uh, another hook off another bait that was the same size. and you know, and split rings over the years. Man, I've changed split rings so many times. Man, it's hard to find a good split ring. 
that doesn't break the bank, you know, when you're making that many. Right. You know what when I mean? When you say so good, you just up. mean like you know, ones that don't want to open up, right? Like ones that yeah, don't want to Yeah, you know, I, I, I started off with this one, and the company was kind of a pain in the ass to deal with, so I switched to, I forget the name, and people complained about those. So I went to Roscoe, heavy, I don't know, I don't, I think the number was number fives or number six heavy. People complained about that one. It's like, Jesus Christ, how <laughs> tight are your drags? Yeah. Something something's gotta give in the in the thing. And most likely it's it's either a knot. And then the next thing I would say is a split ring. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I would say is I don't know, a clip maybe. Depending on what rod holders you're using. That's why I always find it bizarre that people are complaining about this stuff. Like you, mm-hmm. you'd think that they'd just have the whatever they want to run and put it on there, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're going to yeah. be particular about I've it. I've seen people complain. I've seen people complain, not my stuff, but people complain about hooks and split rings that a bait make, maker puts on. It's like, dude, then just buy what you want to put on, yeah, you know. Right. Yeah. Everybody should have that, that little expensive. kit. Like everybody should yeah. have that little terminal you see gear that kit. kit from Stealth. Oh yeah. That, that uh, Stealth has that kit. That's a beautiful kit. That's perfect. Yeah, if you want to change your yeah. hooks or rings or See, I need to get that. I need to talk to John cuz yeah. I have I have like a box of just random split rings right now. But now I'm going to take them all off my baits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gotta get some new leaders too. I get some wire. I tried the. I like the trip. I like the triples. That's what I always worry. They they take up so much room in the screw eyes. Though, mm-hmm. that, well, that's why I quit using them. Yeah, they don't like to lay to lay down like. Yeah. We yeah, were talking about. Yeah. I was gonna say we were talking about leaders as three foot wire leaders, and they're stiff. They're straight wire, right? Like single strand yeah. stiff wire. So how? The hell do you store three foot stiff wire leaders? Your backups coil, coil them up. You yeah, just you coil, coil them back up. Yeah. yeah, you coil. You make a big circle, not a big circle, but like maybe it's like a the bag. Like yeah, six yeah. inch or seven inch circle. Oh, okay. and you just flip them into each other, and I was picturing it. I was picturing a oh. five foot long PVC like tube, a leader holder, like the little ones we carry for our twelve inchers. Just to, to keep them nice and straight. That's this is our trolling expert talking. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe there's an idea for you. You trolling guys like your gear. How about a four foot long leader holder? Take Why? up some more room in the boat. You can put it in a gallon ziplock and be oh, good to go. Can you see that? Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Just yeah. like that. Just yep. like they're going back in the bag. Yep. And then yeah. Hmm. But that that leader, Betty Betty uh, from Stealth Tackle, you could buy all that single strand leader from him, and then you could buy uh, one of those winder tools. Mm-hmm. Oh, so the, it's so easy to make, them. man. Yeah, they're so easy to make. And fluorocarbon is so expensive, man. Yeah. There's more components. Fluorocarbon, you need your crimps, your swasher tool, like all these extra bells yeah, and whistles. Yeah, you got to carry a lighter and light that uh-huh. little knobby mushroom on it. Yeah. Wire literally, you can get the wire. But I think the AFW wire bending pliers. That's are like what $10. I use. Yeah, they're like ten bucks. And then a spool yeah, wire and bang, yeah. you're done. Dude, I'm that's it. I'm placing an order tonight. 
And the Ryan, thing, I've the only been is, telling you to get that for five years now. I know. I started. I, I bought some of the stuff. I got a bunch of wire, and I got all the bending tools now, yeah. too. I just, I suck. So here, here's the pros and cons. So the steel wire cuts through the cut, cuts through the weeds better. It doesn't deaden any of your small baits. Um, you're a fool of uh, if you're using like really big baits. That's what I'd be using. I I I go up to 174 pounds mm-hmm. for that stuff. Um, it's easy to make. It's cheap, and the fish can't cut it. I've had two two fish slice through fluorocarbon on an angle, you know, mm-hmm. but it's not going to happen. And, like, and again, you're using gaudy colors, five miles an hour, giant hooks flinging around, shiny split rings, and the boat, big, the boat big right there, snap, <laughs> the boat, and you're and you're worried about your leader having yeah. your leader disappear. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. just my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, are you are you selling leaders right now, Paul? No, I'm not. Here, <laughs> Must be max twenty twenty four. Can I put in an order? <laughs> and, oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Uh-oh. When <laughs> your snap when your snap gets all weak on your floral, what do you do? Throw it out. You can't change it. Mm-hmm. You got to redo the knot. I usually Unless break off before that happens. <laughs> Even with, but the, with the wire leader, if you if if your clip gets shitty, you could just take it off and put a new one on. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I figured you'd be wearing out stay locks in a given day, Ryan, with how often you change baits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts. You change them at lunch. <laughs> well, Ryan's got all these new baits now, and he has he's trying them all to get he's tuning his, them, yeah. Paul. That's why he's using so many in one day. He's just making I don't sure even, they're all tuned. I don't even fish anymore. <laughs> I fish. I fish twice. Fish now you got your boat. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. But every you weekend, captain's hat. I got every weekend from now until mid-April is planned. I'm like screwed. I don't know when I'm going to get out. <laughs> Take days during the week, hopefully. Really? Oh, it's bad. I got. I'm you're busy. Gonna miss, you're gonna miss the best months. I know it sucks. I want to get. I want to get out this weekend, but I don't know if it's gonna happen. Hmm. But so what? Uh, I gotta ask. Rain all week. Yeah, it mm, is. The weekend floods. does look crappy. I know. I have. I have a free pass, but I don't know if I want to use it or not. <laughs> I'm still up in the air. It's youth Trout Day, Donnie, this weekend. Uh, I don't care. Where were you going, Ryan? <laughs> I don't know where I was going. I wanted to ask Paul. Like, I know we've talked a lot about like what kind. What kind of line do you run? Uh, high seas. Was it high seas? High seas. Okay. Still braid. I run two fifty pound setups and two eighty pound setups. How much difference in depth do your to the like for say you're trying to get 20 feet down on a four and a half what's the difference between a 50, 50 pound and pound, 80 it's 100 on 80 it's 130 so that's pretty significant almost so it's know, 30 it's 30 percent more yeah, it's 30 different and now we got to talk about that well oh. this is this is a crazy subject for me <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's line counters are going to be different. Okay. 
So if you have to ask someone, you know, you never ask how much line you have out. You ask how deep is your lure? Because what your 30 foot is to Ryan's 30 foot to my 30 foot, I guarantee is all different. So that's what, if you, if someone's consistently catching fish and they're going to tell you stuff, that's what you ask them. So now you got to know where your baits are running. So now you got to make sure that your your reels are full spooled, tight, like a rock hard, and then go in the driveway and 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 test them with a with a measuring stick, yeah, or a tape measure, 20, 30, 40. and you might be five foot off when you get to fifty, you know. Dude, I you you said Which that it's not horrible, but you said that in the video cast we did. And like the next, it was like probably two days later, I took all my reels out and I did it in my alley in the back I and I was, and for, they were off, like they were, they were off and I, I can't remember exactly what yeah. it was, but I think, you know, on average, it was probably like every, we'll say every 30 feet. I can't remember. I have to go back to the video I did, but it was definitely feet. Like, like all my reels were different. And yeah. I think a lot of it was because of so you know, that, the level, the amount of line I had on everything. That's you know? huge. I see so many people with like half full, especially trolling reels, those high capacity reels. There's yeah. a huge difference yeah. between a half, half full spool. spool and a full spool. So oh I, re I redid everything. I just re-spooled everything. I got the line on there and then I went out and did it again. And I think like I might have been off maybe like five feet at a hundred, you know, feet of line out there or four feet or three feet, whatever it ended up being. But now when you get to the lake, when you get to the lake, get in the middle of the lake and put a, put a believer on and put it, put it all the way out and reel it all in tight. Like and repack. Gonna, yep. Repack. The, repack. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can go to John Betty and get the line spooler. Yeah. I was actually that was going to be my question. What is the line spooler? How do you how do you spool the reels? Yeah, it's cheap. It's twenty five bucks, and you there's a tightener on there. Oh, like a spring loaded kind of. Yeah, you could wind that like a rock on there. So I want to recap everything that we talked about is all basics that no one wants to do no more. Right. Yeah. It's and that's all you need. All this to be successful, but people just. Why not just go catch fish? You it's know? hard to get people to sharpen their hooks, let alone tune oh, a bait. Oh, God, that's another thing. <laughs> Did I touch a sore subject there? Yeah, sharpen their You ever have cash. anybody complain that did, uh, their fish got off of your lure because <laughs> uh, your baits, your hooks aren't sharp enough, Paul? No. I'd like to hear that one. <laughs> you know what's you weird, sharpen though? these things before you put them in the mail? There's a weird story that, that brought up something when we finally found the hook for the um the hell i got shit flying over here <laughs> <laughs> when i finally got the um the hook i wanted i bought those um i was selling the boss shads for the first two years with those silver um the saltwater um, hooks no they weren't no they're not saltwater hooks they weren't coded uh oh what the, what's the big dollar vmc's the okay. vmc's permasteel 
Okay. Those things you would look at them and you would believe that's how sharp they were. <laughs> but for some reason, on the four and a half, people would lose fish like crazy on them. Huh. So we found out that if you loosen your drags up a little more than usual, it worked. But then I and I didn't want to be going through that anyways, you know, with yeah. people. So uh oh, my internet is unstable. You broke you cracked up. We're all bit. unstable. It's okay. Yeah, you cracked you broke up a little bit there, but it wasn't too bad. Uh oh, did we lose them? So, is it bad? No, you're good uh, now. You're back. I hear back. you. <laughs> <laughs> Come to the sound of my voice. Uh, we can edit it all out. This this router. What? Is... Oh, there he goes. Oh, we lost. I'm gonna go pee while he's coming back. All right. While we're on this topic. This is another question I want to ask Paul too, because like the drag thing has always been interesting to me because like in the spring, you always hear people like, you know, lighten up your drag. But then you get to like certain times of the year where, you know, you tighten that back up, but then you talk to the casting guys and it's like, oh, you, you got to wrench that thing all the way down, you know? So like, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a completely different thing. What happened? Comparing cast. I don't know. You're back though. Yeah. Welcome back. I'm back. What, what the fuck? Cut out for a second. You know what it's happened? Right. This I don't know. I lose I lose signal in the barn sometimes. I don't know why. Hey, you look That's all right. clear now. Yeah. I, I think I need a new uh router. Yeah. Get you a uh some type of like uh extender. Yeah. Yeah, there's like line of sight things out there. It needs, I need to buy one because this is happening too often now. We'll send our IT guy, Ryan, out. He, yeah. he accepts payment and baits. That's fine. He yeah. can come over. <laughs> I don't know how any IT, but I'll come over and try if you're paying in baits. <laughs> we'll put you to work putting hooks or something on. All right. There you go. So, so I, want to ask, I want to ask about this drag thing a little bit because you talked about lightening the drag. Now, is that oh. something you guys typically do in the spring? Like, how, how are you managing your drags when you're out there trolling? Well, what I do is the shorter the line, the lighter the drag. Okay. And I learned that from the hard way. I, I had a really big fish on at Pima Tuning years back, and I had too tight of a drag, and I straightened out the back hook. So oh, it just... Only had that back hook. Yeah. And strained it out. It was a big fish. It was it was over forty-eight for sure. And um so short of the lines. Cause then all you have is the rod giving, you know. So I'll I'll, I'll loosen the drag up for that. Big baits are tight, of course. Long lines are even tighter. So if you're long line in to get down like 20 foot, it's tight drag. Because you kind of figured. I want that rod to completely load and set that hook before that reel goes. Because you figure it's got to take up the whole belly in that line. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. But I usually, um, I don't know if I could, I don't know. I that's It's hard to, uh, I, some, I see some people jerk the rod and see if it comes out. 
I, I can't explain how I set a drag. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of muscle I, memory. I I just pull and if it if it's too if I think it's too loose, then I tighten it up a titch, you know. That's just the but experience. if I'm running a leader, if I'm running just a leader out, then I'll, I'll make sure it's loose, but not too loose, you know, enough to take. So, I yeah, mean, I, I definitely I feel like I just learned something here. I know that because I can honestly say the whole tightening up long line into something that I'd never really done. I, yeah, I just I've always kind of set my drags in that like just tight enough that the bait's not, not going to peel offline. And that's kind of where I keep it year round for the most for part. everything. That's what I do for yeah. everything. on. Monday. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, Close I mean, that's, far. So that's really board. interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. If you like, if I'm running, um, if I'm running like more than 50 foot of line, it's, it's tight. Okay. It's my, yeah, it's tight. You know what? And if the fish gets off, it was probably small. Anyhow, that's the way I look at it. If it's a big fish, I want that thing to load and, and drive those big hooks home. At least so. at least make it remember you. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, I, Donnie. Even as the resident trolling expert, I didn't know that one. So oh, wow. All right. I don't feel so bad then. Yeah. And <laughs> that's funny. And if it's a little <laughs> Yes, it is, Paul. You have no idea. <laughs> if it's a real light wire hook and a small bait. Then you light. It, it has to be light. Hmm. So now, Can what we, about planer boards? Is there just like a planer maybe board I is tight. Okay, tight no matter what, close far. I, I always lose fish on them damn things. <laughs> maybe you need I to loosen it up. Things. No, it's gonna be tight. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I run them tighter, I don't. I don't lose too many anymore. But you figure you got that stupid board bouncing around, fighting them like a spring. Right. Makes that angle. Your rod's up in the air. Uh, Yeah, tight. That would make sense. Like, thinking the same way about the long line. You have to deal with, like, the bow and the long line. Same way you have to deal with the board. Like, your line's going to the board before the fish. So, And then I like running a, I like running a line called a Dan line, and I can't tell you what that stands for. And that is like a long line with the rod out, no board, just just, just like a lot of line. Keep the bait high. I, in fact, I'll like if I'll put a wily out and I'll just I'll put it out there and thumb it and see where it's at. And I just want the swivel under at the, the water. top of the leader to be in the water. So it might take like fifty or sixty foot of line. But you're putting yeah, it straight I, up so it's as far behind the boat as you can get. I put it in a tree so it's out. It's out, but it's up. Yeah. But there's no board. There's nothing out there except it's away from the boat. And I'll tell you what, man, that's a good, man, we catch a lot of fish that way. Hmm. I shouldn't have even told you that. <laughs> we can edit that out. Oh no, we're leaving that in. I'm gonna see everybody's rods like this now. <laughs> like like four hundred people on West Branch just Everybody, everybody's gonna start calling it a Paul Rod. It's a Paul a Rod. Dan rod. Yeah. It's a Dan rod. <laughs> I wanna I wanna get back to these baits though real quick because one of the things that's piqued my interest is that Canadian series. I'm gonna I'm gonna text you, Ryan. 
Oh, uh-oh. 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 well, I don't have you, no one else's number. That's all right. Oh, we'll get it. What's it say? Fuck all these other guys. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> no, I want to hold on. Wait a minute. It's coming. I see dots. I see dots. The Ryan falls out. Is this the top secret new bait? Let's see if he laughs. Oh, jeez. <laughs> there he goes. There goes I the chair. I can't. I can't. Okay. All right. All right. I can't say that out loud. <laughs> I know. That's why I did it. <laughs> I, think I, I think I put it together what the uh, abbreviation is. So, hey, if I ever see you out there and you ask me how I'm doing, and I said we got one on the Dan line, you'll know what it is. <laughs> right, well, I know now. Not going to oh, repeat shit. it ever. <laughs> so I want to. I want to. I want to share it with them. All right, I'll share. Oh, we'll see. Let's say it. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if they can handle it. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to me about this Canadian series. Like I, you're doing this new paint now too. Like what, what are you doing over there? Like that new shad pattern? What the heck, dude, where did you get this idea? Like what? We don't have to get into specifics, but man, you've always done the scales on baits. Haven't you? Yeah. A friend a friend of me showed me a picture of the shed and he's like, Can you duplicate that? I go, oh. I go, oh, <laughs> let me let me I love that's that's one of my favorite parts of the whole lower building thing. Is if you remember, or I don't know if, if you guys follow me or not, but like me and Goldberg, Goldberg will want uh, a certain Cisco and he'll send me all these pictures of Cisco. And I'm no artist, but I we really work hard and try to get it like really close without having a, a a print overlay of the fish, right? Yeah. Like that pink Cisco I did and that Cisco and the pink Cisco and that one sucker we did. Um and that one other white fish. We come up with a couple of different white fishes. So my one buddy came up with he showed me a picture of the shad and I just found I found a tape that looked like it so i bought it and then i just started hand painting on it you know afterwards and man what a, that you should see that thing in the water it looks real here i, I got i got i don't know if you can see that oh boy oh yeah <laughs> that's beautiful but yeah that uh it looks pretty good in the water so we're gonna we're gonna test those out this i only i made my first batch and sold them a couple weeks ago. And I've done a couple of big baits in there. But the Canadian series is just a giant-ass bait. So. And is this something that you, like, do you enjoy, like, really making, like, that, like, the 12-inch Canadian series? Yeah, it's, it's, after the hand carving's done, it's, well, actually, that's not bad. The, the worst part of that whole lure and the 10-inch is actually polishing that lip and stamping it and wiring it all. Oh yeah. But the carving, the carving and everything else is that that's no big deal. I, I kind of got that down to a science now. But yeah, the, the the polishing, I'm I'm like black when I'm done polishing that thing. And then you go to stamp it and you can ruin the whole thing. I got a stack of lips that are five dollars a piece all wrong up there. Jeez. 
Well, when so, you yeah. say carving, I know absolutely nothing about wood bait making. Are you literally like with a little pick, like carving? No, I or... use this. Uh, I use this like grater, like a oh, rasp like, kind of thing. Yeah, it's not a rasp. It's I can't really get in the specifics of how I proprietary. Do it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll show you something though. Hold on. I just couldn't picture do... it. Like if you're actually like chiseling away at a little block of like. I... No, what I do is I cut. Do you, I don't know if you can see that. Can you see that picture? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So I get to a, I get it to a certain point. The the that wood come that wood is like uh, almost four inches thick to start that piece of cedar, and um, I cut it certain ways, and then I get it to a certain point, and then you got to hand carve it. Mm-hmm. So. And I only sell the I well I sell them to friends outright, but a lot of them I raffle on that raffle page. Okay, it's the world it, world peace conference. Uh no, that's that page is gone. It's just called the Canadian series page okay. now. Yeah, it's a new page. That one other one once I didn't do them for like a year, and it kind of went stale, so I started over. But um, I don't know if I should say this. There's a reason I started doing those again. But when I started doing, when I started building baits, obviously I started off with the shad baits and a couple other different models. But then I met the guy that made Marge baits, and that was like the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? And it was, I was, it was, I just couldn't stop looking at that because it was just giant, right? Because the large Marge was like sixteen inches, right? Yeah, that's huge, and that's yeah. made out of a four by four cedar. Yeah. Um. I don't now they're in the house. I only have a couple out. I have a 12 inch out here. Anyways, um so they started making those in 94, 95 because they couldn't get periwinkles. And I'm gonna give you the history of that real quick. Were so, peri are periwinkles made in Ohio too or no, he's from Can John's from, from Canada. Canada. Okay. Yeah. And I knew the guy that I know the guy that talked John into making that lore. And that guy's from Ohio. Okay. Do you guys ever hear of a Hannah bait? Yeah. Hannah bait was, it's like a 12 inch believer, but it was <clears throat> not made by believer. The same guy that got John to make the periwinkle also got that guy to design that lore. And he's, he's an old timer from Ohio. I'm going to leave his name out of it though. Um, but you you couldn't get periwinkles. They were hard to get even back then. And um, so my buddy had one, and he ordered more, couldn't get them, couldn't get them. He went to Georgia Bay with one periwinkle for the week, one. And he caught all these fish on them, and he came home, ordered them, couldn't get them, couldn't get them. So he started making them, and that's how the Marge bait got born. Um, I didn't start painting them until a few years later, but see, I got the chance to paint those, and that really uh, upped the game, we'll say, because the guy's super, super, super picky. So I knew I had to do a good job to continue to paint these for him. And it ended up being like some rare ass thing, you know? I mean, I've ever there's so many people after those baits now. Yeah. And unless you know him, you're not going to get one. And even then, you might not get one. 
So, Nick, do you have one? That's the real question. I don't. No you margins. don't. Wow. Got some periwinkles, but no margins. The I'll only tell you what. I'm not saying that one's better than the other because obviously a periwinkle has caught tons of big fish, right? I would say the fit. Well, the fit and finish is way better on a Marge bait because the guy's an engineer. Yeah, and he's nuts. And most engineers are, dude. You and most good products come from nuts, people. And um, so I paint all the Marge baits since I don't know '96 or '97. I started paying those. So, but that upped my game. And you know what? I'll, you know, just like Facebook, you know, we all make fun of Facebook, but that's that's up to everybody's game because oh, yeah. a lot See of these custom, out there. A lot of these no-name custom artists started painting baits and putting these finishing finishes on baits that people went crazy over. So you had a you had to up your game or you were going to get left in the dirt. That's the way I looked at it. So that made me up my game because I used to auto clear all my baits. And I missed that because it was so much easier and it was durable and it didn't put extra weight on the baits. But that's when they were 25 bucks too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that upped the game. Like So the competition's good, they say, you know. Right, it keeps you on your toes. Absolutely. But the March bait, uh, that's been very successful for how many there are out there. Those caught a lot of big fish, man. Now, is that still something you run when you go when you can go up the? Yeah. Well, I haven't been to Canada since I've been making my big baits. Okay. But yes, when I went up there, that's what I would use the March baits. I was excited to see uh, the one, the fishing lodge that I used to go up to all the time in high school. The guy won the summer tournament on one of your extra oh, deeps. Yeah, Marty. Yeah. yeah that was no. awesome to see. That was on an extra deep. Yeah, I think it was like 55 or 54, 54 and, three and three quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing how you can remember those fish? Yeah. I know. I can't remember yeah. what I ate. <laughs> do you remember how many do you remember how many fifties to this date that you know of, like roughly? On my baits? Yeah. No. No. Too many to count. Now. No, because there's a lot of them I don't even know about. Yeah. Right. True. You know, a lot of people don't tell me things and you know, not everybody you know, when I first started musky fishing, I didn't call Bagley up and said, Hey, I got two fish on your lure. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that call me and tell me and send me pics. But there's a ton of guys. There was a 55 caught on my bait in Minnesota that I never got a picture, and I heard it through somebody else. And I called the guy, and he goes, yeah, that's correct. And I'm like, you got a picture? Yeah. I'm like, can you send it? Never did, you know. Mm. So can I ask you this, Paul? Like, you've been doing this a long time. Like, is that something, like, as a bait maker, is that something you want to, like, to see more of like people sending you pictures overall like yeah I or do you just want to see do you want to see like just big big fish at this point or are you okay if i send no, you a picture of a 32 no it don't matter <laughs> i like i like baits in the mouth in the net that's what i prefer right because i've had a, i've had actually a lot of people call me or message me last summer it was kind of weird how people think the same and they don't know each other and say they appreciate 
my pictures because they know it's not bullshit. Because the lure's in its mouth in the net. Where anybody could hold a fish up and say where you know what it came on, that doesn't necessarily mean it's true, right? Right. And you know that happens. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's so. something when I was, you know, newer and like you know, even with Paul, because I, I ran a lot of Bosch ads at the beginning. We talked about this when we had Todd on. You know, I caught my first one with Todd Young on a Bosch ad, and naturally I went out and bought a bunch and and that's what I was running. That's I didn't have much else. That's what I started with. And yeah. uh but I caught some fish on them, but I didn't really I never sent a, a picture to Paul. I didn't I never even I didn't know who Paul was. I was just ordering Bosch yeah. ads from Team Rhino. Uh, but like, you know, I guess it comes back to what we talked about so many times that this it's a lot of just regular people and, and mm-hmm. the industry is so small, like I never thought that the guy who made Bosch ads would give a shit that I caught a a, a muskie on a Bosch ad because I, yeah. you think I mean, of it more as like bigger companies and you know it doesn't yeah, register maybe. that it's a guy like, right it doesn't <laughs> register that it's Paul or you think right. it's some machine or like I, it makes you it makes the bait guy feel good because he's making them it makes good for advertisement and of course yeah i do want to see it i want to make sure that the shit's still working out there you know (laughs) (laughs) i love when kids you know i get kid pictures and i don't know yeah pictures i don't care what size a lot of people if you notice it's always big fish big fish but that's not the norm you know that Mm -hmm. the norm fish is 32 to 38 inches that's the norm let's be for real so yeah fish is a fish to me i mean we all want to keep catching big fish but we're not in the right area for that you know you hurt donnie's feelings because his are more like 28 yeah you mean 24 to 31 (laughs) set the bar high there for the tracker they gotta they gotta start up they gotta start somewhere right (laughs) that's right so, so if you had right now, I know this is going to be a ridiculous question for you because I know I've asked you this in the past and there's so many dependencies on this one. But uh-huh. if you if you had one one Bosch ad, just one Plano with one bait and it was one Bosch ad for we'll just say our reservoirs like Ohio PA, like what would that bait be? Color? Color and bait. What did I tell you last time? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. He wanted to keep the lie going. I don't. Oh yeah, I don't want. To, I don't want. To. You give you a different one this time. You bought I the last one. To... What you told me last know. time was it was okay. so dependent on on what time of year and what body of water and you, like you gave me the well, real yeah. good answer. Well, out of my whole line of all my baits, from the twelve inch Canadian down to the little baby crime boss. I would have to be, it would have to be the four and a half still. And what color? Oh, geez. That, now that really depends on where you're at. Only one bait. For four and a half. Mm-hmm. Color. I'll probably have to go, uh, oh, shit. Maybe a, sh- a so, some kind of shad. Yeah. Now what I if you were in what was... if you're on Chautauqua? Oh, it has to be perch. You're you're dumb if you go there with no uh, uh bait with no bars on it. 
that might be my problem. <laughs> Quote of the night right there. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever see how many perch are in that lake? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, a perch. Yeah, perch is probably my number one there. I've done good with on red bar perch, regular perch. Shad works sometimes up there. Black sparkle works up there sometimes. Something walleye, but that with a little bit of bars on it. Browns and yellows work great up there. That's probably that's usually what that's what I run is those perches, shads, and walleyes. That's what I would say. But to 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 I don't know. Shed covers a lot of different things. So, because it's silver, right? Black. It's flashy. There's something in the lake that always resembles that, right? Mm-hmm. That color, even if there's no shad in there. Crappy or yeah, shiners. Tennessee, or... Tennessee shad's a great color. Yeah, probably a shad. I wonder what I told you last time. <laughs> probably. A sh- <laughs> you, you told me perch for Chautauqua. Yeah. For sure. But you said. Yeah. You said one color, one bait. Yeah. So. That'll work. Yeah. I'm on board with that. Speaking of one. Half, yeah. Speaking of one, one color and <laughs> one color and one bait, the one boss that oh. I was eyeing up, old Charlie Mueller snagged it off the rack before I could at Musky Max. I think I told Paul that. I'm like, hey, Paul, what? I got to get you to paint me up another. Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah. So after this, I'll get with you as soon as we're off I here, knew I was missing you. something. Yeah. I'm writing you down. He's looking for a pen already. I love it. I are love you it. Are you going to share what color this was? Yeah, it was like, well, what he, was it, Paul? It was like a perchy. It was like, it was like a real uh, glittery perch kind of orange belly. It wasn't the standard perch. It was like, it had an, it was like the one, it was a one-off. Hold on, I'm I'm getting the picture up. The, the, like the Jensen perch, kind of, yeah, 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 kind of like a Jensen. No, it wasn't a it wasn't a ten inch though, right? No, it was a deep seven, I think. Oh, that's just regular perch. You sure? Orange, yeah, it was a regular perch orange belly. Oh, yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah, nah, kind of hard to see it, Nick, yeah. but probably. Right. I'm easy to please. Down. Well, there you go. If you don't sell any else, Paul, okay. because you came on, you sold one to me. What's the what's the one? So like with these deep, because I'm I'm really looking forward to the ten inch bosses this year. And speaking of Charlie, he turned me on to those. So like application wise, like I feel like we have a tendency to run smaller stuff like PA Ohio, depending upon where you're at. But like there's just something to be said about running a bigger bait behind the boat. I know Swinky. I know you're into this. I, I know you like. I like you like the bigger baits, and I'm really enjoying my, you know, being able to do that. But like, what's a what's a really good use case for those tens, like the minnow baits? Um. Well, I would say after spring, I would start short lining those. I like to keep that ten inch, like at Pima tuning. I like to keep that ten inch right in the wash. Yeah. Oh, like five to seven foot, five, you know, mostly five foot. I like to keep them and let them ride. Let them dance around in that turbulent water. 
Yeah, that's been good for us there for that bait. And then even the 12s, but you got to be real careful with that. But Man, yeah, 10, that's good. Yeah, and then I've caught them on 10s, um, trolling a little deeper, like 30 foot back, but staying in that 10 to 15 foot of water over there. That's been pretty good. Uh, that's where that fluorocarbon got sliced. I was fighting a fish and all of a sudden it was gone and I reeled up um, a, a cut on an angle if you can imagine cutting an angle of that that fluorocarbon so then I had a fluorocarbon get cut in the net too and I'm like man if one more one it was just like a strand and I netted it well, was that any more it would have been gone and, I, and then, then that's when I stopped using floral and went back to steel God, I do sound like a leader guy, don't I? <laughs> I expect important. a full I expect a full line of leaders out of Boschad in 2024. Daddy no. no. will come hunt me down. Oh, I never true. had Floro get cut, but I've had it, you know, like where it makes the bend, like whether you crimp or tied, it makes that bend through your swivel or whatever, your snap, whatever. That it bend right there that's weakens. Normal. That's, that's that's normal. Yeah. That's where you're, she you're likes talking to go. That little, it gets a little funny. Yeah, right, right where that oh, swivel or whatever down? rides. Well, I mean, not on a fish or anything, but I've I've noticed it, and that's yeah. kind of what led me away from it. Are you doubling it up? I just crimp them, but that's yeah. I, I don't I don't even use them anymore. I really like I don't use fluoro either much now. But I know that's that's what I noticed. That's now, why what I, that's made, what scared what, me. What made you? What made you? Oh, so that's why you switched. That's what scared me. Yeah, they're just like whether you were pulling on a snag, a fish, whatever. Then you look at it and it's formed. It's like it, rather than being a smooth bend, it's like folded in half and a sharp bend at that at that yeah. connection. And you know that's what where pound, she's. What pound were you using? all the way up to one thirty? Would do that. Like if oh, you pull shit. on a snag hard enough, it'll fold that where it goes through. Like whether you use it a snap yeah. or a solid ring, right there, it'll fold it right yeah. in half. See, I've I've wrestled enough cribs in the last two years, both side. I haven't had that issue yet. <laughs> if you look and at them, look. By at the way, they put more of those in last fall. Oh goody! Yeah. Joy. There's a bunch of new. There's new ones. I'll find them. Yeah, they'll find them for us. <laughs> oh yeah. So bad. So bad. <laughs> All right. Well, probably uh, helps keep you in business, though. I know it yeah. forced me to have to put a couple more orders in over the years. I know, but that sucks, though. <laughs> you know when that happens to me is when I when I think of a color in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm going out and paint that for tomorrow, and I'll lose it. That's when the, it always happens like that for me. That's a, I have a rule that I don't take any lures that I'm, like, emotionally attached to to pilot to me. <laughs> I don't even go on the boat. No uh, sense gotta risk it for the biscuit. Look at oh, this yeah. one. Hold on, let me get it down. I run everything. You see this bait here? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Now is that a marge? Yeah. Do you see? Do you see a twelve-inch marge? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Looks like you shot it with a shotgun. This thing has caught thirteen muskies. Um, I've lost it twice. One time <laughs> I lost it for three years. And I got it back. How did that happen? How did and that go? I caught two. I I got it on the anchor line, and I marked the anchor line. And three years, I snagged back up on it, <laughs> and I got it back. Nice. 
And I let I stripped it, I let it air out, I repainted it, and I caught uh, a 50 and a 51 at Georgian Bay on it. One was wow. 39 pounds, one was 40 pounds. Mm. Caught a few more fish on it, lost it again at Georgian Bay on a dock crib. And the only reason we know it was a dock crib is because we sent a scuba diver down the next year <laughs> to get it back. And I got it back twice now. So this is like a magic. Now, what's it cost to hire a scuba diver for a day? I don't know. My buddy got him to do it for me. I, he didn't charge me nothing. That's awesome. And, was, and what was weird is the, the, the line wrapped around whatever was sticking there, right? So the boat was, the, the, the bait was free floating for over a whole winter. Oh, cow. Sitting there, I can't believe it didn't like break or anything. Yeah, get eaten even. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 wild. That's, pretty, that's that's a wild story. They get it back mm. twice. Yeah. Now, did you have to re- fish on it? Do you have to repaint it after the second time? Oh yeah, yeah. I strip it and I let it air out for like a year. Yeah. And then I I reseal it and then paint it again. That's awesome. So no. it's safe to say that's retired, or will you still take that out again and risk no, it? Also, no, I haven't had a chance. I haven't gone anywhere to fish it. But I'm real weird about it, though. Got to wait for the passport third, to come back. The third time, I'm not getting it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is crazy. I've never, I snag a lot of baits. Yeah, don't get them back, that. usually. <laughs> I've they given a lot of baits back. I bought shads back once. That's what I was all excited. I thought I was finally gonna, you know, get a bountiful harvest off the anchor line. And Donnie's with me when I pull his bait up off of it. <laughs> ah. Hey, like, I, I lost this last week. <laughs> we have to give it back. We got snagged on a uh, anchor rope at Georgian Bay in this channel, and we fought with this this anchor. We almost lost the guy overboard. That's how big <laughs> this anchor was. And we finally got it, and it had, I think, like five believers on. This is a great story. Five believers on it, a hose bait. Oh my gosh! And a 1995 Marge bait on it. No really? Way. That's crazy. Who knows mm. how long that was down there for? Yeah. And it marked as a hook on the uh, fish finder. The, uh, <laughs> it was a big, like a full size or large Marge. No, regular March, 10 regular, inches, yeah. 11, 11 yeah. inches. That's crazy. Ooh, expensive anchor. It marked as a hook. So it was kind of weird. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm that's crazy. crazy. It is. There's a lot of crazy stories. I fell in once. I was at Kinzu and I hooked into a, <laughs> I hooked into an anchor line, but it hooked it up real, real high so you could see the bait. Oh, flat went, on the surface. I reached over to get it and went right in the drink. Oh. <laughs> Did you have a hard time getting back in the boat? Well, actually, I wasn't full in the drink. I take that back. I was in. I had one leg over the boat, and the rest of me was in the water. So my buddy grabbed my leg, and then so I was like half soaked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, ever guys fish that lake? Kinzu? Oh, yeah. Not yeah. for musky when I was younger. You ever fish it at night? 
Mm-mm. Never done it at night. No, never fished that night. brave. No. Yeah, there's some weird sounds in the when you in the dark up there. A little squatchy. I don't, no, nothing like that. Just like <laughs> can't explain it. Paranormal kind of. It sounded like a dying person. Ooh. Huh. Yeah. Yep. I think I'll stay away from that one, Paul. <laughs> it doesn't sound enjoyable. You know what's funny is my when I ran when I ran up and got the truck, I was telling my buddy in the boat about it, and he obviously thought I was full of shit until he heard it. And then we we taillighted out of there. And years later, <clears throat> I get an email from him, and it's an article about Kinzu about the moaning Indians. Oh, because mm. oh, that whole village is flooded there. And yeah, it was weird because I mean, I heard it. I don't believe in that kind of shit. And then here's an article. So yeah. Well, now yeah. I want to go. Yeah. Well, not me, man. Yeah. Let's go night good. fishing, Ryan. I'll stay. I'll stay here. It didn't sound like an animal. There was no one around. It was like November, I think. Up I was going to say, are you sure it wasn't just Ryan sleeping in his truck? Because he's known to make some pretty <laughs> weird freaking noises when he sleeps. This was yeah. a long time ago. I don't know. Ryan, when were you born? 86. <laughs> 86? 86. 86. All right. You, well, you would have been pretty young, but yeah. A little baby chainsaw back then. Yeah. Not, not quite know. the full-grown farm boss. I, I don't now. moan. I don't moan. I just oh, you, I sound like boy. a bear in hibernation. <laughs> I thought it was wacky the last time I was there. Like, launched a boat, went up and parked, and I like pull up, and it looks like there's like salt pellets, like all like for a softener, like all over the parking lot. Yeah. And I look, and they're uh, mothballs. And I guess the park service had to start putting them down because porcupines were eating people's like brake lines and stuff. What? Like, chewing on the rubber. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so the whole parking lot had like a like a smattering of mothballs. Huh. That keeps them away, huh? It's an guess, interesting yeah. problem. Right? Yeah. Right, we better get back on the fishing topic. Yeah. <laughs> circle back around. Yeah, let's circle, circle back, back right. on that we, one. We how, need about, Owen. how about this one? What's the deepest you've ever caught a muskie? Uh, 38 foot. Wow. Was that in U.S. or Canada? Canada. That's impressive. Actually, no, U.S. too. Right Kinsu. in the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Long time wow. ago. Yeah, that, that's a hard lake, man. Oof. Now, will your like, like 10 inch extra deeps get down that deep? So, yeah. Yep. 38 foot should be about 130 feet. Okay. Yeah. Because hmm. 70 is 30. So. I, I know on a marge bay, 38 foot is like 110. So, yeah, it's about 120, 130 okay. feet. That's impressive. And that's on 80 pound. Yeah. I wouldn't use big baits on 50 pound. But getting back to that 50 and 80, the reason I use 50 is because 
And you can get small baits down super deep with 50 that you won't even get with 80. That's what once you know what in a I mean? while I'll, I'll, I'll take a 30 pound set out, set up out too, just to, uh-huh. it really, yeah, there you go. And now are you more careful with that 50 pound or do you kind of treat it the same way you treat your 80? No, I treat, I treat it the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty strong stuff. It'll cut you. I can tell you that. <laughs> Like, yeah, I won't put big, big baits on there though. Just um, the shad stuff. The is that because you've seen something, yeah, or is that the, just out of caution? No, I've I've had with the violence of some of them big baits. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've seen it snap 124 pound leaders, so we had to kick everything up to 175. But like the 12. 12- 12-inch minnow pulls so hard, I just don't feel good with 50 on it. Mm-hmm. It has to be 80. I think so. so. I, mean, if, I mean, you probably could pull it. I, it. And it all depends how fast you're going, right? If you're if you're going slow in the fall, it'll probably be okay. But, mm-hmm. yeah. 50 so, is just for small stuff. So what? where are you, where are you headed? Are you just going to continue to bang baits out, Bosch ads all year? Still going to be selling a team rhino. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, how would I make a living? Then? Any anything new though? Like anything new on the skillet? The new is the nine inch underboss that'll come out in the shows. Okay, shows for next we, season then. We, we tested it last fall. I made three of them, all ran good, and then I made just two more last week. Both ran good. So they all run the same. They, they they run like a perch bait. They have that kind of action. They're not real violent. Well, they're not violent at all. They just swim nice. Um, I think 82 feet was 22 foot down is what we recorded last fall. Um, I think it's going to be good. In fact, I'm going to keep one on my line all year round. It's always going to be out. Yeah, that seems like it'd be a perfect. Uh... It's a good shape. It's a good profile. It's wire through. It's not thick. You know, it's still thin. It's it's just, it looks like a good profile. And if it does good as the little ones, then, you know. So I got a few more made. I got to paint and then I'll figure out who I'm going to give them to to test. I need people that fish, though. I made that mistake of giving people baits that don't fish. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm I definitely fish. not. I'm definitely not your guy. Donnie's just like. Nick raised his hand too. He's like, I'll try. Yeah, they got in, coach. You don't have to give them to me. I'll buy them. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, they're not. They're not for sale yet. But if you're going to use it, I'll get you one. I'll but use they, it. I want. Yeah. I gotta have it. I gotta get pictures before I can sell that thing. You know what I mean? Well, Paul is the resident trolling expert. I think you'll probably want to send them my way, not Donnie. Oh, you know? <laughs> why do they? Call, why do they call you the resident troller? I gotta ask this now. Uh, you know, I don't know. He's just... gone trolling a grand total of three times, and still caught more fish than all of them. I'm oh shit! Not sure that's true. <laughs> yeah. Not sure that's true. But his smug look and his. 
idea that he thinks he's better than everyone else with the fishing three times is why we call him our resident trolling expert. Mm-hmm. Where's Char- I thought Charlie was on this uh, podcast. No, no, we just we give him shout outs all the time. Yeah, he, he's, he had a bass tournament tonight. He's, he's not a he's not a podcaster. He he's made that evidently clear. I've seen him on there before, right? Yeah, he did a he did some video cast. With yeah. Me. Oh. Yeah, okay. we did we did one with Joel the one time, but we'll, we'll have He's to get like him on. He's like me with the seminars. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's accurate. I was Chris. thinking about doing like a a professional YouTube video. That'd be cool. But who the hell's gonna watch it? I think we know a guy that can help with that. I. Well, Ryan, we were supposed to hook up that one time. You know? We were we were supposed to. I, I that's still on the table. You were, you were busy. You were doing. Uh, you were in the middle of something. I forget. Yeah. What just, were you gonna do? You were gonna come over here. You were gonna do a video at my shop. We we're gonna do the shop video, and then you guys were gonna do a couple of your promos and stuff like that. So. Yeah. yeah. We gotta circle back on that one. <laughs> do you think that really works, though? I think anytime you have something to show somebody, like you might not have like a thousand subscribers, but I think sometimes those videos, even if you get a hundred, 200, 400, 500 views, like you're helping people. Mm -hmm. Plus you have something to point. We have something to point people to, too, you know, like, and all the people getting into bait making, like I'm getting into the soft plastics now and all the brands I've come across just watching like how to videos, like how to make a stupid rubber worm, like just little yeah. things like that or shop tours or rubber makers, oh, things like that. Everything. I, anything you want to learn is on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And that could, that's sometimes bad for the people doing it for the living though. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's the way it is. You can't stop it. Yeah. yeah. I, I would like, it'd be nice to, you know, everybody talks about the same thing over and over again, but. I wish people would like learn the basics and I mean, that's going to make them a better fisherman, you know, and it needs to be done, but there's so many videos on all that stuff, but it's still like the question of the day all the time. So I don't know. It's like the, it's always the, you know, you can communicate. Like I always look at this stuff, like from the corporate world, like you can send emails till you're blue in the face, but nobody's going to read it. Like the hard part is always getting people to buy in and, yeah. and pay attention. It's got to be very crafty and, you know, there's ways the way to I do looked it. at it is if Kevin did two videos, Kevin, Kevin's well known and he did two really good videos, but yet you talk, you know, I talk to people weekly that just don't know. Yeah. So, but I guess if they don't know about the videos either, yeah, that's what I hadn't I, seen them. I, I'll have to definitely gotta check them out. Yeah, it's yeah, just a marketing know. thing, you know. You just got to get it re- get it in front if of you, people. If you advertise it only one time, right? You know that's it. So, yep. All right, what other questions we have for Paul here? We're probably at the two hour mark. Uh, we're at the two and a half hour. <laughs> We've eclipsed it, as Owen says. Yeah, Owens would have been in How bed. About, you got any uh, trips planned for the year? You said no. you got your passport card renewed. Yeah, maybe I'll run up to Georgia Bay to do casting. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't really have any trips planned. No. no. 
Sounds no, like I'm funny about stuff like that. I don't travel for like the bite. Like a lot of guys do. Oh, they're going down to Southern Ohio. Well, I'm not driving three hours down to Southern Ohio to catch the same fish. I can catch up here. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so I only have so much time. So now when you yeah, go to I Georgia, no Bay, I think it's you... just going to be like a regular year, you know? Yeah. When you do go to Georgia Bay, do you try and focus on the fall or doesn't matter what time yeah. of year? Well, I f- we focus on the fall mainly, but I did go up uh, in September of four years ago, and we casted where we would normally troll, you know, the area, yeah. but we casted all those shoals and weed beds. Holy cow, I've never seen such big fish in my life come up to the boat. Yeah. It, it was insane, yeah. I got a 51 on an eagle tail, which was cool, but we caught I don't know. We caught a lot of fish that trip. In fact, that was one of the best casting trips my buddy said he's ever, or that's the most fish he's ever seen. You know, everything just lined up, you know, the moon lined up with just everything lined up and it it worked out, but it was, I I spent three days up there with him and it, it was, it was pretty awesome. So I would like to do that again, you know, that is fun. days. When you get a lot of looks at the Adam, I tell you what, I seen a fish that the tail was the size of a HDS twelve cover. <laughs> that I mean, it was huge, man. And it was funny because the way the the water's clear up there, and the way the light was hitting the water and the chop, it was hard to see anything. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I said, "Do you have trouble seeing any of these fish come in?" He goes, "No, you, they'll look like a green missile." And he was not kidding. It looked like, boy, you could really see him. Yeah, it was a pretty cool trip. But I had a free place to stay, right? His yeah. boat's right there. That makes it nice. I mean, two, five, you know, a thousand yards we were fishing, you know? So it's it's just, it was cool. I got to get out there. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where I'll be. Well, Georgia Bay is definitely not for the beginners. <laughs> that, that lake will show who you are, that's for sure. I mean, you got the best sticks up there catching only 40 fish a year up there. You know, and they fish hard. But the thing up about that place is, man, you don't know what's going to bite on your line. That's, that's what keeps me going up there. It could be, it could be a world record. You know what I mean? That's like the. I feel like that's the progression. You know, like ultimately, at some point during your musky fishing career, you're gonna get to that point where you want to chase big fish, and you're you gonna get take eyes a on that. Yep. I say we 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 when we fish spring and summer, we're just practicing for the fall. That's what we're doing. So. Um, I got a couple of things I'm going to do this year, you know, but we'll see. You never know what's going to happen. What about you guys? What are you guys planning? We got our little spring fling at Cannon Dota, which is yeah. oh. going to have some buddies from Indiana coming out. 
Wisconsin. Have, and that's funny. I have Indiana guys coming to Paimon in the two weeks. Oh, really? Right. Huh. They, nice. they come every year, a whole bunch yeah. like that of them. Mm. Yeah. They love the they love that. Like <clears throat> they love the crappie fish and musky fish, and they do their walleye at night and have a big fish fry and show them all show them all the new cribs. Yeah, the father and son go steelhead fishing somewhere. Okay. Nice. Yeah, so they love it. No, you know, their lakes their lakes are far be far and few between there and they get pounded hard. Mm-hmm. Well, they love they think we have the gems. It's funny. It's bizarre. You know? Like are those guys coming out here to us it just feels like they have no reason to come here. Like the, we got the Baddock Bros coming out. I'm like, thinking why I tell you what, well Ohio and PA, man, well, they have great fisheries. Oh yeah. No doubt it about is, it. It's we crazy take them to for look granted. Look at we the lunge log and see how many of those lakes are all the highest numbers in the nation. Yep. And there's a lot of states looking at Ohio's stocking program to copy it because our program is just crazy now. Yeah. And we've talked about it a few water. times, like like starting out as a beginner, how we were all, like, I know I was in Owen too. We were just like completely ignorant to the fact that we lived in this kind of area. Like we just were like, oh, we don't have any yeah. hope of musky fishing here. And then you come a couple of years and you see like we're in one of like the best areas right now. <laughs> like people are coming here to yeah. where we're at. It's kind of weird. Well, it's the best areas for numbers, but yeah. I wish we had big fish like Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that's, that's probably I wish, if I but, and I wish nice. we had, I wish we had more lakes too. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm surprised. The musky fishing. I'm surprised yeah. Ohio hasn't expanded the the number of lakes that are stocked. Well, they got rid of one and ex- and put it and expanded another that CJ Brown. Okay. But all all those lakes are I mean, the only thing we have up here is West Branch, Pimatuni, which they don't stock anymore. And Lake Milton is probably the next closest. And then everything else is for me, Leesville and Piedmont are like three hours away. Yeah. And then you talk about Alum Creek and Salt Fork. Those, yeah, it's not. I'm not. I could be at, I could be at Chautauqua half the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, because where I live in Ohio, so I don't. I don't really. I've been to those lakes like one time ever, and they're good lakes. But I think I forget how many lakes we have. Seven or eight lakes now. But with right. the amount of musky fishermen there are, man, I wish they added like three or four more, you know, spread people out. Like Pimatuni, a- look look how hard Pimatuni gets hit. Even though it's a huge lake, that lake fish is small, man. Yeah. It really does. You get 20 people on the north end and 15 on the south end and you're running into each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy to see the growth, man. It really is. There's been a lot more guys yeah. fishing and yeah, we're going to run out of water yeah. soon. A lot of casters. Man, when I first started, no one casted. You know, it was like 99% trollers. And now with YouTube, all the YouTube casting videos, man, you go on West Branch and there's casters everywhere and jiggers now. Holy shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Live scoping, dude. Yeah, it's insane, man. How many, they're on every point, man. You can't even troll 
the way you want to troll because they're on every deep point now. And they stay there all day long because they don't want to <laughs> lose their spot. Yeah. So. I just can't. I'd, I'd get so bored camping out like that. I know. So me. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But they're putting some serious fishing about those jiggers with panoptics. Yeah. Man, that's a whole other That's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of it? Real quick. I mean, it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Well, yeah. I know that. I'm to get rid of it. I'll, I'll give I think you we kind of got to get used to it. i give you my opinion real quick on it, and it's only because I deal with technology every day of my life. Like, technology has made some of our lives a lot easier, but it's also made us very dependent. The reason I go fishing is to get away from that. You know, I want to spend more time looking at the lake and, and being out and enjoying my time on the water versus looking at, you know, staring at a screen jigging. Yeah, that's just how I personally feel, but you know the helix now, units and stuff. It's it's the same, but it's not. Yeah. Now, I'll say I I, I kind of agree with that. I know that obviously it's definitely changing the sport because if you I know personally people that has never fished the lake before that are going there and absolutely crushing fish and catching bigger fish than we ever caught. So that tells me it shit's working if you know how to mm -hmm. use that thing. But then it comes, to, does it ruin fish? You know, because fish are only going to bite so many times, you know what I mean? So is it going to ruin it with so many people using it? That's the question, you know? So I know they already banned it, and they don't, in the PMTT. Mm -hmm. So. I'm just curious, know. where do you go from here? You know what I mean? Like the technology, yeah. where do you go? Like where, what, what's next? Like, I don't know. 20 years from now, like what, what the heck are we going to be doing out there? Live right. video. You're yeah. right. I hear people. That's what they do. They just stare at that screen. It's like playing a video game and they go, they get a map and they check, you know, now that you have map cards, you could, okay, here's a deep point. Let's look at it. And they scan it. And if they see a big fish, they put everything that, that they have in front of it until it bites. Yeah, you know, right. so. Yeah, I mean, that's for me. I, I don't. It's yeah. not my thing. I mean, I think there's a, I think it'd be cool to see it, you know, but that's not something I want to put on my boat because I just want to get out and enjoy yeah. the day. You know, it's, I don't it's, think anybody denies that it like catches more like you can slay the shit out of fish. It's just like it takes some of the, I guess, the the sport. The, the sport and like the allure, I guess, like the yeah. the mystique out of it, the fun. The, I don't know. There's a kid that came up to West Branch, never fished West Branch, and got 14 that day. Then decided to guide there in in the summer, and hit the numbers he's putting in the boat, along with very large fish. I mean, I've been fishing that lake for 25 years, and I don't have those kind of sizes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then going to the, then he came to another lake um, this year already that he's never been to and crushed it. So if you know how to use that thing, pff, man. But and then could... again, is it are we dumb? I mean, we're all <laughs> buying we're all buying the new Tarovas with the iPilot links, you know that we never had before, and the map cards that we never had before, and the side scan that we never had before. Yeah. I think it all comes down to how you use it. 
You know, yeah. like I think that, and we talked about that before on here with Alex McLean. And mm-hmm. Like there's, I think there's an ethical way to use it and a not so ethical way, maybe. You know? And then let's, what about all the people that don't know where their lures are running? Now you could point that on the side of your boat mm-hmm. and show your whole spread and mark down every lure where it's running with, you know, with that much line out. So that cuts, I mean, like Goldberg said, why he catches more fish than other people is because he knows where exactly where his baits are, where most people are is a guess. So mm-hmm. now with that thing, okay, the bait fish are down 15. Now I can get my bait down there because yeah, I yeah. can see it on that thing. I've used so, it like that, and it is definitely a game. He changer. always says it's, it's, yeah, he says it's going to take the learning curve and cut it in half. That's, he's, that's yeah. how he put it. He's not lying. When it comes to that, I mean, I've I've seen him. You just put anything out. You know exactly where you're at immediately. Yep. I mean, and like Quintano just did a um, seminar, um, um, an online seminar with Goldberg for I forget the guy in Minnesota, um, and he says because he fishes every day of his life, you could see the moods of those fish. He says those fish will come up on your baits. He could see it on the panoptics. And most of the time, if they're coming from behind it or on the side of it, they're just checking it out. If the aggressive fish hit head first, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so he could speed up, turn the boat. And if that doesn't trigger him and he keeps seeing fish come up, then he knows he needs to change that bait out to a different color and he says nine times out of ten it'll work he also said that he's seen like tons of fish come and look at his headlock in the prop wash but never hit it but then when the little bucktail comes by after it's you know 100 foot away it hits it so <laughs> where'd Donnie go he left he probably went to the bathroom he drinks like four gallons of water uh-huh. every hour. I, uh, I I will say I think it's a dealer's choice thing. I think it's all what you want to mm-hmm. get out of your experience overall. But I think everybody like with that, you know, you're not going to find me like on Facebook beating up somebody that wants to use Mm-mm. it. Like, I don't I don't really carry yeah. the way. No, it's, 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 I've it's had just, good conversations with people too that use it. Like yeah. like I've heard their side. Like I've seen the videos. Like they're yeah. cool videos. People people make that argument. Like oh, it's, well, like, here's... it's like playing a video game, and I get that. That's cool. But like for me, it's like the mystery i don't know like i don't i get that it's effective though the (laughs) other argument going on their side you know you 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 have these big dollar boats big dollar equipment spent hundreds of dollars on thousands of dollars on lures you buy the best electronics that you can afford every couple years so if you're doing that all that to catch fish then why wouldn't you buy into that yeah Mm -hmm. that's true that's Mm -hmm. true so i don't know i see both sides I do too. Of it. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting topic, I though. I just see, like, so, I mean, I see technology now, like, corporate-type technology for business, and it, it is a lot different than what you see on the water, but at the same time, it's it's all going there. You know, it's just, that's just the way of it. So, yeah, to see how it all, all pans out, but. What is next, though? That is a good question. 
will be really, really live video. I feel like we're bet. This is better than video, though, because I mean, how far can you see? I was thinking about that. How far can you see with like an underwater camera? You know what I mean? Yeah. But then you think a live scope. How freaking? I mean, you're talking about guys seeing baits. How far away trolling? Like, think about like some of the targeting. yards. Think about like a targeting system, though. Like, think about what different things have done. Like, with just, I mean, like picture the technology being able to scan a fish and tell you if it's active or not. Yeah, <laughs> like based on something about that fish, ambient you know temperature I mean? like, of the fish, right? Like, wait. I mean, you don't know. <laughs> Check this out. This now, see, you guys can you'll understand this. We only have, we all only have so much time to fish, right? And everything's got to line up, weather, um, being stable, and we go out once or twice a week, if that. This guy will come and he'll scan a shoreline. And if there's no muskies, he's out. If he sees a big fish, which this is the story of that, he's seen a big fish, and he casted many baits to it until it bit. Where me and you, or all of us, we will go down the whole shoreline casting blindly, because that's what you're really doing, and... There might not be nothing there, but we still spend two hours doing it. And then if we did come across that big fish, we wouldn't have known it's there. That's like the difference between fishing and catching. If you have the money to buy it. Yeah, I know. Like, like catching like live scope, you know, you go into West branch and catch 14 at that, at that point, you're not fishing, you're catching like, and I, you know, part of it is that's what I love to do. Like, I love to fish and work for it. And, you know, I mean, we take beatings and like, sometimes it doesn't feel good. Like how many times have you left after a seven trip bender where you haven't caught oh, a fish, yeah. you know, like, yeah. but that's part of it, man. That's what drives you. You know, that's just, I don't know. There's a lot of different arguments there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's past my bedtime guys. <laughs> We've kept you we'll on save here. the live hey, scope man. one for the next two hour. Yeah. Thank you very much for chatting with us. Yeah, been great. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for finally having me. <laughs> it took Sorry us it took so long. It, it's, to be fair, I do want to say this. To be fair, we have talked about asking you many times you over know, the last just, year. You know I had a bust you, though. Oh, it was great. I loved it. It was like my you favorite part. You don't want it any other way from me. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I will tell you that I, I was looking through my pictures on my phone from Max today. I didn't send you this one yet. But I was standing directly above you while you were setting your booth up, and I oh, took geez. a I took a picture of the back of your head. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm saving it. I'm saving that one for the video. My head's my That's head's more funny. I wish that I wish my hair would fall out, so I want to keep shaving it. <laughs> so, I'm 20, working on it. Twenty some there. years, man. Oh, I've been shaving twenty some years. I wish it would fall out. Just be done with it all. Yeah, well, we, we appreciate you coming on and taking almost three hours to talk muskies yeah, with us. This has been great, Paul. Right. Yeah, yeah we can go all night. You know, <laughs> seriously, Paul, I, I really appreciate it, and I want to thank you just on a personal level because whether you realize it or not, uh, your baits and 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 uh, just boss sheds in general are a, a big reason why I've had some success trolling and and have given me a lot of memories with friends and family. So uh, this was really cool and I appreciate you coming on to talk to us tonight. 
I yeah. appreciate the kind words. That's that's why I do it, you know. It ain't definitely ain't about the money. <laughs> <laughs> or the women. The, the rock star yeah. lifestyle. Yeah, that rock star bait maker <laughs> lifestyle you hear about. Huh? You know, it's funny though, but you know, our whole our big group, you know, we all think things are cool and that, but you know what? The guy down the street don't give a shit about muskies. <laughs> Mm-mm. He don't care. So, <laughs> it's all one group you're in. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well. Thanks again, Paul. Yeah. Thank you. We'll get all you right, back on again. When's this going to be? Is this live or now or how's that work? Probably Sunday. You edit Sunday. or no? Yes. One of us. Kind of. We might it's have to me. split it. Yeah. Yeah. We got a couple in the hopper. We'll trim out the. Uh, when you cut out there for a little bit, clean that yeah, up. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's all yeah, right. we'll, we'll, we'll try to get no this biggie. out Sunday. We got one other one we got to get out this week, but we'll get you out Sunday. All right. Well, if you ever need me to come back on, all you do is got to call me. All right. Oh, all yeah. right. I don't mind. They're fun. Yeah, this was awesome. Yeah, was thank fun. you. All right. I'll see you guys on the water here soon. All right. All, all right, Paul. Sounds good, Paul. Paul. Good luck this year. Thanks, we'll guys. See you, see good luck. I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play.